Thanks for joining us today for the Commissioner Evaluation Show. I got some uh, awesome guests today. The co-host with the Mohost, JT Orange, who's a uh, regular all the time. No sleep last night. JT's coming on here. Uh, a lot of uh, college kickoff the college football season last night. JT's uh, been up all night long waiting to talk today. <laughs> That's right. Big Mizzou game last night. Easy victory over South Dakota, but as expected. But uh, the Mizzou faithful is still losing their minds. Everybody's blowing up Twitter today. It's going to be a long week till game two. Where can everybody find you at, JT, all that kind of stuff? Yep, you find me at uh, on the X at JT Orange, talking about a little bit of everything. Uh, you can find all my IDP content and rankings on DLF.com. Also, just found out I'm going to be writing a weekly IDP column here for fan tracks. So be look for that every Wednesday. That should be coming out uh, during the season. And then the stew with JT Brew on the Dynasty Pros football youtube channel you can find me on that and then all your favorite platforms you can download it and listen to the podcast there as well where i do a little bit of a little bit of everything on that show but i also dive into my my favorite gambling uh bets of the week props all that good stuff uh for college football and for the nfl so check that out nate did you get any sleep last night unlike jt did you uh you know watch some football go to bed after a couple beers kind of thing what happened I, I did get some sleep. I'm about 12 hours ahead because when you sent me the text this morning saying is 9.30 Central work, I thought you meant 9.30 tonight. And so I was like, yeah, man, I got all day to, to <laughs> bullshit my way through this. So, yeah, uh, I did get some sleep. I'm on vacation this weekend. Or, well, not vacation. I'm off work, which is no such thing because as uh, JT has, I've got 25 different things brewing before the season starts and got to get the last little pops out there and uh yeah it's I, I i'm not a mizzou fan i live in missouri but i'm not even a mizzou fan so i was i was hoping for some losses just to rub it in my friends faces but no such luck where can everybody find you at in the uh des bryant machine or whatever you want to call it the twix or all the other names i've heard of it yeah it's i think it's always going to be twitter to to the at least to all of us until the next generation of people don't know why we call it uh twitter anymore but at nate markham you can find all of my work over at Fantasy and Frames, then at fantasyandframes.com. Uh, tonight at 8 o'clock Central is the Shoot the Gap IDP podcast where we go over a list of our my guys, and you'll find all of my IDP work over at Fantasy and Frames as well. All right. So what we got going on today, we're going to go through some depth charts here. We're going to go through the NFL's uh, – the apocalypse is over. The dust is settled. The depth charts are in. Uh, we know what's going on, who's on the practice squads. You know who's on IR now. We, they made all the roster moves. So we're going to go through. There's a handful of people who have a lot of drafts this weekend, a lot of redrafts starting up this weekend. And people's are, a lot of people have already had them. Most dynasty drafts are in the books right now. But there's also players 
on most people's uh, waiver wire that are, you know, still sitting there waiting right for the picking right now. So we're going to talk about some guys you could find deep on some depth charts now, someone that, you know, unexpectedly made the team, made some rosters. So we'll start out, we'll do quarterbacks, and then for simplicity, so we don't go off tangents across the board, we'll start out with quarterbacks. When quarterbacks are done, which should be a, which should be a simple topic there, and then we'll go to running backs and talk about depth charts and running backs, team by team, who's going to get the carries, all that kind of stuff. Uh, some diamonds in the rough, sleeper studs. Then we'll do wide receivers, and it'll finish off with tight ends. And uh, we'll try to keep the show under an hour for your listening enjoyment. So let's uh, start off, first of all, let's start off with some quarterbacks. So, guys, we're going to go in alphabetical order here, team by team. There's not much really – there's not a ton of confrontation here for across the board. Um, you guys can stop me whenever uh, anything happens. But uh, Kyler Murray is a – this is a situation where we're not really sure what's going to happen with Kyler Murray – of course, his injuries, you know, already on IR. Uh, you know, then you got some backups. Uh, you got Clayton Toon and, um, you know, uh, well, just that's Josh pretty Dobbs. much it right now. Yeah, Dobbs yeah. Is, is – Josh Dobbs is going to be someone who is – I mean, they traded for him. I'm not really sure why. They could have signed some other players, but uh, Josh Dobbs there. So what do you think about this? This is one of the messier situations right now because we're, there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of uncertainty in his depth chart. So, Nate, what do you think about this, uh, the Arizona team? I wouldn't. I mean, if you play in a four quarterback league and you have to have a roster four, sure Clayton Toon might be a person to uh, to have because he's a he's a body. But I'm avoiding everything. I think I think Kyler Murray. They might just hold out. Uh, I don't want to say the whole season, but I think there's a case to be made that he's out and he could be trade fodder by uh, the trade deadline. Personally. Yeah. Like the baseball next year, he could just kind of say, I'm done with the NFL. I'm, you know, I've had it. I've had it with these teams. I don't want to start over again with somebody else. JT loves him from Clayton Toon. So you tell me, JT, what about the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, again, I'm avoiding the Cardinals at all costs. Clayton Toon's the only guy I like. I hope they give him a chance to play the whole year. I don't know how well he'll do with how bad I think this team might end up being. But I I just don't understand why you'd give Josh Dobbs this job and you just trade for him. Why would you not let Clayton Toon play? I've said from the beginning they should let Clayton Toon start. I said it. Back in April, I said he should be their QB one this year and just see what they got out of him. I'm obviously I'm rostering him in, in, in leagues where I can put him on the taxi squad and leagues where I need like I'm desperate for a third QB in a super flex or a two QB league. Uh, I'm going Clayton two there, but again, I don't. I'm probably not going to want to play him very much. I mean, honestly, only play him when I have to. But uh, I like Clayton Toon. To me, if they if they start Josh Dobbs like Clayton Toon, I you this. I mean, this organization is just trash at this point. I mean, I mean, what are you doing? Like, just play the rookie, play the young guy. I mean, there's a million other guys that could have signed. Why they went Josh Dobbs, who I like Josh Dobbs, a fine guy. But we know what type of player Josh Dobbs is. He's been sitting as a third-string quarterback for a decade in the league. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, that's one of the funnier ones in this league in the, in the season of this year. So uh, we go to the Falcons, Desmond Ritter, then Taylor Haneke, and then you got – Lamar Jackson, we all know he's a stud. Tyler Huntley's behind him. Josh Allen's not going anywhere. His uh, twin brother, Kyle Allen, will not be making too many appearances except to down the ball at the end of the game. Bryce Young, they brought in uh, you know, number one pick. He's going to play as much as possible. Andy Dalton's back there from, from veteran experience. Justin Fields, is it's a make-it-or-break-it season. Uh, he is going to – they're going to try and let him pass a little bit more, but you know that's uh, we'll see what happens there. They got DJ Moore. Not too much help. I, you know, I, I thought the Bears would have made a lot more improvements than what they did, but 
DJ Moore is a significant upgrade for what they had, but you know, one guy can't win the whole ship there or write the whole ship there. So uh, Joe Burrow has got uh, Jake Browning behind him. Deshaun Watson, uh, fresh start this year. Um, kind of, we'll see what happens with him because I'm really not. What do you, what do you, they think Deshaun Watson? He didn't look that good last year. The, the preseason was a little sketchy. JT, what do you think about Deshaun Watson? He's gonna, he's gonna. I mean, he's pretty highly ranked in a lot of people's uh, boards this year. What do you think he's gonna end up at? Yeah, for me, it's it's a little of my uh, Browns hate coming through as a Steelers fan, but I just I don't. I'm out on Deshaun Watson altogether. I don't have him. I'm in 35 leagues. I don't have him in one league, like in one league. Like he, he almost can't fall far enough for me. Now I could probably eat, be eating my words. I, I just, I'm down on the Browns. I know people love them. Everything's going to be really good this year. I just think that division's really tough. And they're the Browns. I mean, again, until the Browns prove differently, they're the Browns to me. I, I, I'm out on Deshaun Watson, especially at the cost. I'd almost rather have anyone else in his area. I, I'd rather have a really cheap Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell for me at this point. Now, I know that's you know crazy talk for most people, but I just I'm out on on Watson altogether. Yeah, no, I don't I don't blame me on that one. Um, Nate, what do you think about the Tyson Badger taking over Justin Fields' position in Chicago? <laughs> if 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 you took the names off the back of the jerseys, I think that between Badgett and Dorian Thompson Robinson, there might be two different battles going on in two respective uh, blue collar cities. Uh, I don't know if that blue collar cities is the right analogy, but regardless, you understand what I'm getting at. Because yes. yeah, uh, DTRs looked actually in, in preseason has looked good, and I'm out on Deshaun Watson myself. I, I, I don't. I want to go back to the Texans days, and I want to say, you know, here's a top five upside. The game came at him fast last year when he came back because he hadn't played in so long. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He started rushing more, but I don't own, I don't uh, roster him on any team. And I don't know if I'm at 35 yet, but between best balls and everything, it's got to be pretty close. And I don't think I have one single share either. Yeah. Uh, when we're on Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush behind him, the regular regular uh, assailant, uh, Russell Wilson, who's in for a hopefully a big a big a turnaround year, Jared Goff from Detroit. I think this is a I think he comes back to life a little bit. I'm not sure Hennon Hooker is going to get a lot of playing time this year, but they like him a lot. I'm not sure if he's ever going to get a lot of playing time to be honest with you. But uh, Jared, what about that? What happens if Jared Goff doesn't really like meet? expectations this year jt what do you think about jared goff uh on detroit is he the long-term answer what do you, what do you think about about his situation i think they like him a lot I, I i think he's gonna have to play really badly for them not to stick with him at this point i mean they've kind of proven that by refusing to take quarterbacks the last couple of years when they had absolutely every opportunity to draft qb so i think they're kind of in on the whole golf situation i don't think he has to be a world beater i i, I kind of think they think he's Kirk Cousins, you know, similar to that. They just, he's got to play just well enough. Um, I, I'm, I'm okay with golf. I got him some places. He's not a guy I'm trying to get, but if he falls to me in certain areas, I'm taking him. I do want to talk about Tyson Badgett real quick. You knew I wanted to. I was pumped when he made this roster. I think this kid's got some talent. Now, will he ever be a starter in the league? Yeah, out, very outside shot. But I was just pumped to see them go off book, get rid of P.J. Walker, who we know who P.J. Walker is. 
why would you not give this guy a chance? D2 Heisman, basically winner. They call it the Harlan Hill Trophy in D2. But he, I mean, guy just lit it up. Most touchdown passes in NCAA history across all platforms. 159 college touchdown passes. The guy's got some moxie, man. I like him. I think when they picked him up, I was like, dude, I hope they really give this guy a shot. I didn't think they would. But when he came out and like was not, uh, was a clear made the roster, I was I was stoked. I just think it's cool. I think he's – I'd like to see teams do this. So, I was pumped about him. And then go back to one of the other teams you kind of passed over real quickly is I was shocked that the Panthers, knowing that they're going to go with Bryce Young, why wouldn't you keep the young Matt Coral as the backup? Why, why are you keeping Andy Dalton cutting Matt Coral? You just took him in the third round. I don't understand it at all. Uh, I just thought it was a terrible cut for them. Like, cut Andy Dalton. If you're not going to play him, cut Andy Dalton. But Patriots, I can't believe it. I don't know how anybody did pick up Bailey Zappi off waivers. I don't know how they cut him and Cunningham, and then they turned around and picked them both back up, put them on the practice squad, and got Matt Coral. Is everybody mm-hmm. sleeping? Are all these NFL GMs sleeping? I mean, if you're the Cardinals, how are you not putting it for Matt Coral? Like, how are you not going, I want Matt Coral and Clayton too, not Josh Dobbs? Like, makes no sense to me whatsoever. But I just – I those were the guys I really – that I noticed on the cut days that I wanted to throw my two cents and kind of bitch about. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, I, I don't know if these teams kind of look at everybody else's books and said, Hey, he won't be able to afford this guy or there's no room in their roster or they can't like they, you know, playing games, but it was like playing chicken with somebody's cuts. I didn't, I didn't understand a lot of them. I, you know, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll fight through the rest of these Joe, uh, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati's not going anywhere. Uh, Russell Wilson, we talked about him and then we got um Jordan Love. Underrated quarterback. I I've, I just had this feeling that Jordan Love is going to carry the torch with the Favre and Rodgers. And it's, I just and as a Bears fan, my second favorite team, the Bears, growing up in Chicago, I just I fear that Jordan Love is just going to carry this torch and be another 15-year quarterback stud for the Packers. And it's going to just I mean, the young receiver Corey's got to start with, you know, decent team, decent coordinators, decent, decent head coach. I just I'm, this is my biggest fear that Jordan Love's going to turn into one of these franchise quarterbacks again for the Packers. But C.J. Stroud, he's got Davis Mills behind him. Davis Mills is a great backup, but I don't think his he's already kind of showed what he's got. Anthony Richardson, J.T.'s guy, he's got Gardner Mitchell behind him, but I think they're going to give the reins to Anthony Richardson and just see how far they can go with this. Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Beathard, Patrick Mahomes, Blaine Gabbert. Uh, those guys aren't getting any playing time. Justin Herbert, Easton Stick, Matthew Stafford, Stetson Bennett. Uh, Jimmy G, Brian Hoyer, Tua, Mike White, um, and uh, Minnesota Kirk Cousins, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins a name flying around the league for a while. Mac Jones, I, you know, as of right now, starting on the roster, he's only quarterback on the roster right now, minus the practice squads. Derek Carr and my boy Jameis Winston, who at, I hope at some point in time gets a shot with somewhere else because of a possible injury. Uh, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor. Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, who I think Zach Wilson is a pickup right now in most fit dynasty leagues because sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years while he runs this offense, I have a feeling that Zach Wilson is going to learn a lot. So I, it would be a nice stash in the dynasty league. Jalen Hurts, Marcus, the GOAT, Marcus Mary Gota is behind him. Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mr. Biscuit, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, uh, Brock Purdy, and my boy, Sam Darnold. Me and JT got a bet that he's going to win the MVP of the league this year. So that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. in that situation. Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, that's an up in the up in the air. Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis, Sam Howell, and Jacoby Brissett. What any other uh quarterback controversies that I went through already that we talked about that you guys want to talk about anywhere? 
The two guys I will bring up that are just slightly interesting to me is Sean Clifford, who got all kinds of hate at Penn State, wins the number two job behind Jordan Love. Like, unquestionably, they were like, yeah, dude, he's on the roster. He's our backup. I was really shocked by that. I was so, I was shocked he got drafted, honestly. And then now he's the clear-cut number two for the Packers. Uh, pretty impressive there for him. Uh, the other guy, uh, um, Stick from Easton Stick for the Chargers. Now, with Chase Daniel, my guy, love Chase, not on the Chargers anymore. Uh, Stick is the is the number two clear-cut backup. A guy that's been there a couple years. He kind of knows that system. He's a sneaky stash in a 2QB or super flex league if you got Herbert, in case Herbert, as we saw, got banged up last year, played through most of it. But that's going to be a good offense. He's a guy that, you know, if you had to plug and play a guy, if someone went down on injury, he's kind of a guy that I may be looking at in deep, deep leagues, 14, 16 team leagues. He's a guy I'm looking to maybe add to my roster uh, in possible injury uh, time because I think he could actually play. And now that he's clear cut number two, I like it. And JT passed the uh, Are You a Mizzou fan by not throwing an S at the end of Chase Daniels' name and calling him Chase Daniels, which there are people here in St. Louis and across Missouri that have watched him through college and still call him Chase Daniels. And I digress I because it is not even a Mizzou fan, but you know, living here and being an Illini, it makes it is perfect. In an argument, anytime that anybody wanted to talk about Mizzou and uh, mention Chase Daniels, Game over. Automatic, uh, you know, <laughs> yep. skip, skip card or whatever, and dominoes, and I and I win. So it's it's great. Congratulations, you you moved up another tier. Nate, are you? I a, appreciate it. Thank you. Are you a U of I fan? I am. You got it. Oh, I didn't realize. On. I do. I, I live ten minutes away from campus. I go to all the Illinois games. So yeah. I went to Mizzou College, but I I grew up a, a Illini fan. Like if you actually see the other half of my room here, all mm-hmm. my Illini stuffs on the other side of the room. So yeah, rooting, oh rooting for Illinois is like rooting for Northwestern. Like it's it's just it, you just beat yourself up. It's every, not it's as like bad as the, Northwestern. It's, it's like not for, as bad. As, it's like rooting it's for the Cardinals. That, it's but you know what? If you're rooting for Northwestern, you know what's going to happen. You know it's not going to be great. Illini, you watch and and every you know the hype train of top ten recruiting class, and then you see the you know and living through the 04, which is uh, almost twenty year anniversary for the uh, the the Sean, the the referee and May Love Fest that happened that cost us the national championship. But regardless, let's get back to uh, running backs, which is much more fun to talk about than uh, than Illini football. Than Illini football is right, yes. So. With our running back situation here, we have some. Let's start out with the Cardinals. We have James Conner, Keontae Ingram. Uh, you know, I, I just I, if something happens to Conner. Do you guys feel that Keontae Ingram will be able to carry the load here? It's. I mean, that team's so bad. Is he somebody that at the very end of my uh, roster is like in super deep leagues? I have him sure because Conner's health history, but. I wouldn't want to rely on him to be anything other than an absolute desperation play if needed, just because the work, you know, I mean, there's, there's not a ton of options throughout Arizona outside of Hollywood Brown, really. Maybe Michael Wilson will talk to about wide receivers later. I agree. What about uh, Amari DiMarcato? Uh, last minute add to the team. Uh, any, any JT, any, uh, anything about him you want to add? Probably I haven't not, picked right? him up anywhere. Nah, he's uh, he's not really on my radar. I picked him up on a 35-man roster uh, as of last night. I just picked him up just because he's a running back on the depth chart. Like Scott, Scott, Scott Connor says, hey, listen, any running back on any 53-man roster is worth a stash somewhere, especially on a deep roster. So 
I uh, it had to be done. It is what it is. So uh, next running back situation. Let's go to the you got B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson, Avery Williams, uh, Keith Smith, uh, Atlanta. It, it's going to run through Bijan. Tyler Algier is a great pickup because we saw he could handle the workload. Any, any, either you guys got anything to say about the Atlanta backfield? It's Bijan all day, every day. I mean, that's what's going to be. Algier is going to get some some work a little bit here and there, um, but unless Bijan gets hurt. You know, he's a, just a handcuff for me at this point. Yeah, I don't think – I think there's a lot of people that are drafting him thinking that it's going to be a 60-40 split because of his 1,000-yard season last year. And I think that that's a – you know, that's an Arthur Smith situation, not a Tyler Algier situation. And he'll see that. He'll see what he can do with Bijan handling 80% of the snaps. And, I, and that might be a little high. But I think that would be pretty close to where it ends up. And the dream of Cordarell Patterson is over. It's Unfortunately, it's it's over. It is what it is. Yeah, guy spent a lot of time in the NFL. Was a great player who kind of got lost in the shuffle. Had a good year, and now it's kind of gone. But then we got the Ravens, uh, Baltimore, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and my boy, the big boy, Patrick Richard. Ricard. So it's we're, we're thinking it's going to be a J.K. Dobbins MVP season here because of the fact that it, this is the offense. He's finally healthy. You know, if he. If he's there the whole time, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, Nate, what do you think about the Ravens backfield? I, I am, I'm a pretty big fan of, of Dobbins this year, you know, with healthy for the first time, really. And we assume so, at least going forward. Uh, and, and it was a perfect fit for the system. He ran more RPO, op, you know, plays than anybody coming out of college, really, from a landing spot perspective. And it just fit that narrative. And then injuries and never got a chance to see it. We see Gus Edwards hasn't, has good, um, whatever you want to call it, handcuff, not really a handcuff as much as if given a situation, five yards plus per. I'm big on Dobbs. I wish he would catch more balls, but then again, he's capable of an RB1 season, even just on workload and touchdown upside. I was always a humongous Gus Edwards fan. I just, I, he's someone I've just always wanted my rosters everywhere and he always gets hurt or doesn't quite, you know, make it happen. But I think that dream's kind of probably over too. But yeah, JK, this, this whole offense runs through JK Dobbins. So, it is what it is. Uh, Buffalo, James Cook, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray. Uh, this is a interesting backfield. So if 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 Josh Allen learns how to stay in the pocket and dump off the running backs, this could be a James Cook James Cook crush season. But Damian Harris is going to get everything everything in the red zone, anything from the twenty to the goal line. It's going to be Damian Harris show. How is this going to How is this going to play out? Uh, Nate, you want to take this one? Yeah, no, everything you just said, if Josh Allen can, you know, dump off and if James Cook can find a path to uh, to the red zone touches or at least the high-quality, high-value touches, he does have that legitimate RB1 upside. It's just you worry that Josh Allen will st- vulture touchdowns from, from the goal line. You know Damian Harris, as you mentioned, and it's there's a lot of things working against James Cook, but there's a lot of things working in his favor too, especially just team dynamic as a whole. I'm a Damian Harris guy in this situation. I, it's not that I'm against James Cook. I'm just not in love with him for where he's going. Uh, I, I, I would rather have Damian Harris. I just think he's going to get a chance to get a lot of touches close to the goal line, and he's just he's so cheap right now in drafts. I'm getting I'm getting him as my RB like four and five 
super late in drafts. So, and again, Cook, I mean, he's never had the full workload. He, I'm just a little worried that he's going to be a little bit fragile. He's a smaller guy in general. Um, so I, Damian Harris is a guy I definitely am looking at trying to pick up all over the place. I will if, say, I'm sorry, John, go ahead. Uh, James Cook's like ADP from two months ago. I loved now where he's getting close to that, you know, into the fifth, sixth round, fifth round that there was too many. If you heard my, my reasoning or benefits or potential for James Cook, there was a lot of ifs. And when your statement for condoning a person has five ifs in it, that might be a little concerning. Yeah. If James Cook has less than 30 receptions, what's, what's really going on here? Why wouldn't you take Damian Harris? Exactly. That's my big concern. I'm not sure James Cook is going. Yes, he's a, a good running back, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to keep up with the grind of between the tackles running. That That's my biggest fear with that. So, uh, all right, so let's move on to Carolina. Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear. That's another good backfield, but, you know, some solid producers here. What do you uh, – JT, Carolina backfield, tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, I like Miles Sanders. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. I do think Chuba's is the guy they're going to use. I don't think they're just going to totally ignore him because they got Miles Sanders. So it's going to be tough there to figure out, you know, is that team going to be in games enough to carry the ball a ton or are they going to be behind a, a decent amount? I'm just not sure how I feel about Carolina altogether. I kind of was higher on them earlier in the year. Like, I was looking at their roster, looking at their schedule. I was like, oh, I think this team could be pretty decent. And now I'm, like, starting to come off them. I'm like, I'm not sure this team's going to be very good. Um, I, I kind of think they're going to be playing from behind. Miles Sanders, obviously, touchdowns were huge for him last year, and he's not on an Eagles offense that's going to be scoring as much like that. So I, I, I'm probably – I don't love either one of those guys. If they fall to me at the right price, I'm taking them. Um, I do have a decent amount of Chuba in case something happens to Miles just because he's so cheap. It's funny you said that because Raheem Blackshear is making like a uh, – he's becoming a Twitter dialing right now as someone to pick up in the in the fantasy space. So uh, I just – I cut Raheem Blackshear at the beginning of the season, and the next day he was picked up, and he was bid on by four people. So it's a kind of – and it's a 30-man league. It's a 30-man league with, uh, you know, no kickers, no defenses. So it's – I'm not really sure the, the enticement of, of Raheem Blackshear, but – He's, you know, somebody likes him. A lot of people do like the guy, so it is what it is. Uh, Bears, I'm not a, I mean, great backfield situation. Khalil, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, and Deontay Foreman. I'm a humongous Roshan Johnson guy. I think this is going to be his backfield by midseason in my mind. But uh, I don't really know. Nate, what do you think about the Bears' backfield? I mean, I want to believe that Khalil Herbert, you know, the, the buzz and the press and the hype train is uh, is fully committed to Herbert, but I, I, I agree with you. I was a big Roshan fan as well. Um, it's tempered a little bit because, again, probably based on some of the hype for Khalil Herbert. And, and then they bring Dante Foreman in, not just to sit back. I, I think that he'll have somewhat of a role. I don't think he's going to carve out a big role, but it, it's probably going to be uh, a percentage of 55, 30, 15. And the Bears, what, they were first by a, pretty wide margin as far as a rushing team last year. I don't think that's going to change. A lot of that's on the legs of Justin Fields, but I, I want to invest in Khalil. I, I have some, I have more shares of him than anybody else, but I also think it's going to be a little bit of a money situation. Hot hand might possibly take it. That That's I'm interested in JT, what you think as well, because I, I feel like Herbert is a polarizing name that you can have two completely different arguments that both uh, warrant consideration. 
Yeah, for me, I like Herbert. I, I actually was kind of excited when he was going to take over the role coming this year. Then they signed Foreman, then they drafted Roshan. I'm like, ooh, now I'm not so sure. In redraft, I'm completely avoiding this backfield, honestly. I'm not taking these guys unless they just fall, fall, fall in redraft because I'm just so nervous about who to play each week. Um, Dynasty-wise, I like Roshan if I can get him. I have very little of him. He just went too high for me in a lot of drafts. Uh, I do like Khalil. I think I do think they're going to use him. My worry is how much of a workload is he going to get? I think he does catch the ball out of the backfield. He had a pretty high uh, yards per carry and yards per attempt when he touched the ball last year. So I like him as a player. Um, I'm just not so sure he's going to be at RB2 this year or if he's going to be more of a flex play and bye weeks and that kind of thing. But I do like Herbert. I, I actually like Foreman too. I had four, a lot of Foreman last year because I had a lot of CMC and I had Foreman to back him up for injury. And then he got traded and then Foreman was great for me down the stretch. So I, I like all those guys. It's just tough that they're all on the same roster. I mean, if you take one of those guys, you put them on a different roster, maybe they're the clear cut number one on another team. Mm-hmm. I was so I was so excited about Cleo Herbert last year with the future of the Bears. And then when Roshan and Deontay Foreman got here, I'm like, man, this is going to be tough. I just think that Roshan could do everything that Herbert does and better. Probably a better pass blocker. Probably a better, you know, between the tackles guy. Probably a better. <coughs> excuse me. A, a lot of a lot of almost everything. I think Roshan does better than Cleo Herbert. But they're they. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to stick with their guns with Cleo coming out of the gate, and then we'll see how it plays out from there. I, I, Roshan, we we saw a lot of him in college, but I'm not sure we saw enough of him to to, uh, you know, see how he's going to pan out in the NFL because he didn't get too many touches in college. But I mean, when he did, his highlight films are absolutely fantastic, running people over, catching balls out of the backfield. So uh, it's um, I-, I like him a lot. So uh, next after that is the Joe Mixon-led Cincinnati Bengals, Trayvon Williams, Chris Evans. I'm not sure there's too much to talk about here. Joe, uh, JT, what about the Bengals? You know me. I love Chase Brown. I love Chase Brown. I got Chase Brown everywhere. I'm, I'm just off Mixon. I mean, he just he just wasn't very efficient last year whatsoever. I, that's a really good offense, so I, I want whoever's playing running back for the Bengals. I'm just not loving Mixon, um, and I just I want Chase Brown on my rosters as an Illinois guy. I just loved him. I I thought he was underrated all year. I thought he was underrated coming out of the draft. He crushed the combine. He still was underrated. Um, I like him. I think if he if, I think if he gets a legitimate shot to play. I think he could steal that job by the end of the year. I, I, I just, I, Mix has just looked worse and worse and worse, and he just doesn't excite me at all anymore. And I think Chase Brown would be a, a nice step in a different direction for the Bengals there. Nate, what do you think about that? I, I love Chase Brown as well. For I, I when the whole Mixon uh, legal battle and the holdout and and everything was really percolating, I had Chase Brown everywhere, and so I am. Uh, pretty deep in Chase Brown, which isn't a bad thing because I think that, like you said, JT Mixon's efficiency, he looked off. But I, I have him a ton now, and I'm actually in on him only for the reason I think that, barring injury, I don't see a way that he's bad enough that they allow other touches to go to Chase Brown or Chris Evans. We we know Travion Williams, etc. The names there. I, I think Mixon still gives the 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 receiving upside enough. That he'll finish as an RB one, and he's going he's going late enough that I'm comfortable that I'm not going to get too burnt. But I understand the case. He he didn't look great. Mm. Yep. 
Uh, Cleveland, Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, my uh, heart and soul, Jerome Ford. And they just picked up Pierre Strong, which was a, uh, a kind of a nice, nice move for anybody who owns the backfield in New England. But at the same time, us Jerome Ford fans were not very happy about the Pierre Strong signing. But I'm not sure how much damage it does to him. He's back on the field now. So, uh, Nate, what do you think about the, the Browns backfield? I have Nick Chubb as my uh, – he, he's my RB1 on the season. And I know that the the lack of receiving always is that he can't be the number one without a good passing volume. But I think he's the best running back in the league from a true runner standpoint. I think the system is going to incorporate him into more of a uh, a pass catching role. I, I don't think forty catches is a is an unrealistic number to hit. And with eighteen hundred yards rushing as a as a legitimate, you know, I don't even call that a ceiling, but I think that's not a crazy number to throw out as long as Deshaun Watson's semi decent. I'm I'm heavily in on Nick Chubb. 1800 yards rushing, huh? That's uh that that would be the bet like the over cuz the overs are probably only going to be like what is it probably 1500 is yeah. as I'd say the odds. So I'm I'm completely smashed in the over on that. I know 1800 is a strong but you got to make a case to say that why he's your guy. If he, if I have him as my number 1 and I say, "Oh, 1400 yards rushing and 40 right. catches." Well, that's RB8. You know? That's that well, I get go it. home, John. D- Dallas, Tony Powered, Rico Dottle, Deuce Vaughn, Ronald Jones. I, you know, I'm not really sure what's going to happen there, but Tony Powered, is he going to, JT, is he going to be able to carry the, this whole backfield? I'm not totally sold. I know tons of people are high. I see everybody's like, oh, why is, why are you not smashing Pollard first round? Why are you not taking around? I, he, I'm worried about him. I, I like him as a player, but again, he's never been the guy ever. Not, not in the pros, not in college. I mean, he was a guy they used, but he's kind of moved around a lot. They've done different things with him. I like him as a player. I'm just not sure he's that smash mouth, get the ball constantly to him running back. I think the, the receiving upside is what, what saves him. I just, I'm just not sold that all of a sudden he is just the man. Uh, I think he's solid, but I'm just not paying the price you have to pay for Tony Pollard this year. Uh, I loved him last year where you were getting him last year. I just absolutely loved it behind Zeke, but but he's too expensive for me this year, especially in redraft. I'm I'm just not spending my first round pick or my early second if he falls uh to me. I there's just other guys, other running backs I'd rather have in that same range. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn's like third to third, possibly fourth string on the depth chart here. He's at but he, you know, he's also a special teams contributor and a little ping pong or a little uh how do you call it? Uh a, I mean yeah he's like a pinball on the field. He's crazy but re- Nate, what do you think about Rico Dottle? If something happens to Tony Powered, is Rico Dottle somebody that everybody should have in their rosters? Do you think if something happened to Tony Powered, they move on to some other veteran floating out there, like Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette or something like that? I mean, he's got the size, six, you know, six foot, two fifteen. If if you're looking for someone that can handle a, a workload that I don't know if they're gonna be as run heavy as what we all think that when Kellen Moore left that it's gonna all of a sudden be a this run first offense. I still think they they pass plenty, but uh, I think there's a case that by the end of the season, he can be their number two. He'll be ahead of Deuce Vaughn just from ability to manage uh, increased workload if needed. Yeah, that's that brings us to Denver Broncos. Another situation where there are a uh, some backfield controversies going on here. So we got uh, Javante, which we're all hoping we, he's on the field. He's cleared everything. Samaje P. Ryan and another J- J- Jaleel McLaughlin. Another uh, kind of a Twitter darling right now. Uh, I see him getting picked up everywhere. 
Uh, JT, what about this backfield? Because I own JT in about like probably three quarters of my. I own, I own Javante Williams in probably three quarters of my leagues, and uh, I'm I was kind of hoping for the world, and then the injury happened. Now he's coming back. Am I going to be able to trust him right from the gate, right from the get go, or you think it's going to be just uh, easing him back? Because I mean, I don't. I think I, I they might just give him a full workload and say, hey, let's see what this guy's got. What, what, I mean, they don't. They only have Samaje and, and McLaughlin behind him, so they don't really add anything. What's going to happen with this with this backfield? Yeah, Javante is a guy I was trying to trade last year. If people were still really high on him, I was trying to get a first-round pick for him or first-round plus if I could. Uh, I still like him as a player. It's We've seen with these knee injuries, it's, it's, it takes a while for these guys to come back. I can come back and play. Is he going to be, you know, the Javante we saw before? I wouldn't think so. And, and can he get there by midseason? Maybe. Um P. Ryan, I liked okay. I thought he was solid for the Bengals last year when they needed him. But, again, is he a number one running back? No. I I mean, so I like P. Ryan all right as, as an option. I think they're going to use him more than people would expect. Uh, despite it, what Javante does, I think they're going to use him. I was really, you know, me. I was hoping Tyler Beatty would make this team and, and give some run. And he was in the mix for RB3. And then they and he ended up getting cut uh, at the last uh, cut deadline so that that was frustrating because i thought he had a shot there i know some people are picking up some of their other guys they've brought in um i don't know i just don't know how good this offense is going to be uh if they're going to make that huge jump that everybody's hoping they are and if they do make a jump is it more going to be the passing game than the running game um i again these these are guys i'm not on this year, either one of them. I like again, P. Ryan. If, if I got him in a deep league where I can flex him or play him in a, as a, my RB two in a bye week where I'm like struggling to fill a hole, yes. But I'm those are neither one of my guys. I'm like targeting hard unless they fall to me. Yeah, Nate, the Lions, Mark, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Craig Reynolds. I mean, I this is a great back. I, I love the one two punch of Montgomery and Gibbs. What, what's going to happen mm-hmm. with this the Lions team this year? You know, I think they start off with a bang against the Chiefs on Thursday night. I mean, 60-point total, I think, is well within reach. And uh, Gibbs, I mean, I don't know what more there is to say after this offseason. If there hasn't been every angle covered by every analyst possible as far as he could lead lead all running backs in receptions, he could be rookie of the year, he could be the RB1 overall. There's a lot of superlatives. But the fact of the matter is David Montgomery is going to – have a significant role. I don't know if it's the Jamal Williams 16 touchdown role, but I think that it's the goal line role. And I think it's a, a heavy enough workload that they're both, I think they're both in the um, RB2 window. I, Jameer Gibbs is obviously in the RB1 conversation just from the receiving upside in, in PPR leagues, but I think both are in that top, I'm going to say top 30 top for Montgomery just because I think there's a case that. Jameer Gibbs demonstrates the ability to take even more of the workload away from Montgomery instead of the opposite. JT, the Packers, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Emmanuel Wilson, who I just picked up another guy that I picked up on waivers when he made the 53 man roster. But I mean, this offense runs through Aaron Jones. What do you think if something was to happen to Aaron Jones, do you think AJ Dillon is the guy they, they, they're, they're, they're penciling in as the heir apparent to Aaron Jones? Or, I mean, I've seen, I have my doubts about AJ Dillon. What, First of all, tell me about Aaron Jones, why he's going to be the guy on this team, and what, what happens if something was to happen to Aaron Jones. Yeah, I actually 
I've never been super high on Aaron Jones. Not anything personal. I just didn't get him where I am. I actually like him a lot this year. I think they're going to use him way more than people expect. I expect him to run the ball more uh, with just a young wide receiver core and with love. I I like him. A, AJ Dillon's not a guy I'm super high on, but if something does happen to Aaron Jones, I can see his workload you know increasing you know, big time. Um, so he's definitely a good handcuff if you have Aaron Jones. But I actually think Aaron Jones is going way too low right now. I just think people Agreed. are worried about this Packers offense. They're worried that they're going to put up points. They've got a pretty stout D. To me, if I got a young quarterback, I'm going in, I'm running the ball with Aaron Jones, and I'm playing defense because I got the best defense of the division by, I mean, by leaps and bounds, they have the best defense in the division as far as personnel-wise goes. So I'm running the ball, and I'm playing defense, and I'm hoping Jordan loves just just enough to get me over a couple, a lot of really close games, and we win a lot of 17, 13 games. That's what I'm thinking if I'm the Packers. I'm not thinking we got to come out and sling it. I'm like, get Aaron Jones touches. Hey, dump it off to him. Don't force the ball. Don't throw picks. So I, I I like Aaron Jones, especially in PPR leagues. I think he's going to get all kinds of touches this year. The, uh, the last year at this time, if you remember, it was just about now that the entire conversation around the Packers were who's going to be the wide receiver one for that team, and a lot of the answer was Aaron Jones. And it was you know it's going to be Aaron Jones. It's going Rodgers will trust him. Why has that changed so significantly this year? Uh, I know Christian Watson is, is sexy name, but I think there's a case that Aaron Jones legitimately is there. They're two in terms of uh, targets and maybe receptions. And was he RB 12 right now, roughly somewhere around there? I'm, I'm right there with you. Super I'd easy. I'd have Aaron Jones over Javante Williams right oh now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I yeah, mean, yeah. it's like, I'm like, I'd much rather have Aaron Jones, like not even close. And, but I've seen Javante going same place as him or close to him in some cases. And I'm just, I, you know, I honestly understand dynasty wise where people would rather have Javante over Aaron Jones, but mm-hmm. man, redraft is not even close for me. Right. Well, would you rather have Aaron Jones or Damian Pierce? I would rather have Aaron Jones, but I like the case for Damian Pierce is mo- I've moved him up in my uh, draft, like ranking. I, I would say like he was, he was a guy I was passing over. He was in that kind of that dead zone area for me. I, I just, thought Devin Singletary was going to have too much of a, of a workload and involvement. And after this preseason, seeing Damian Pierce's workload and what, what he means to that team, he's now one of my – I don't know if he's my guy because I think that's unfair to say, but he's turning into a person I'm very happy to draft. Yeah, we jumped into Houston Texans without me announcing it, but here it is. Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, that's a great one-two punch. I, I, I'm kind of – I like Singletary. I think he's a little underrated, but – Damian Pierce, I think the ball is going to flow through Damian Pierce this entire season. Mike Boone, Daria Gumbawale, guys are just uh, on the roster. You like how I said Gumbawale without any kind of uh, – It's very good. Any hiccups? Crushed (laughs) it. Crushed it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I just – JT, what do you think about this Houston backfield? Because if Damian Pierce gets the volume that everybody's expecting, and, and, you know, to be honest with you, and he gets the receiving because, I mean – his over-under for receptions, I think, is like 34 or 35 receptions. If he's getting all the carries and 35 receptions, I mean, that's a pretty damn good running back. What do you think about that, JT? Yeah, he has a lot of upside. If I'm a younger team in Dynasty kind of building, I'm all over Pierce. If I'm like a win now, I probably want Aaron Jones. 
personally, but I think Pierce is a good piece to build around. Um, I've always been a Devin Singletary guy in my heart. I liked him on the Bills. I have mm-hmm. him on a ton of rosters. Again, he's not a guy you're going to like lean on for your fantasy team, but he's a guy in deeper leagues. I always felt like I could play him. He's going to get me some decent weeks. He's going to get me some catches. So I I do, I do think he's going to be in the mix there, but I also think this, this Texas team, knows what they got and they don't want to get cj stroud killed which if you watch the preseason that he was getting killed so i think they're going to want to run the ball as much as possible i think they're going to need both those guys honestly and they're not they don't want to you know pierce ran down at the end of last year got hurt i think they're going to want to make sure singletary's involved but i like them both i i mean i think they're going to get i think pierce is going to get a load of work and i think singletary for what he's going to do is going to be solid yeah so, Nate, we're going to jump to the Colts here. We'll start with you. Anthony Richardson is probably going to be their main – their offense probably throw through flow through Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. So, then you got Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, Evan Hull. Uh, what is going to happen? Because Zach Moss is coming back from a broken arm. He should be back by, if not the first week, pretty close to there. Deion Jackson is another guy. I cut both these guys, like, at the end of last season. Figured that would be that last time I ever talked or, or, or thought about Zach Moss, who I love, one of my favorites. And uh, Deion Jackson, who I you know, I thought was a, a kind of a diamond in the rough, and he may end up starting this year. You got Evan Hull, who's actually a really good running back too. Tell me about this. This uh, we already know Jonathan Taylor is right now. You know, obviously hurt so much that he's on the pup. You know, so or he's on the non non injury report, I guess, as far as that goes. But what do you um it, explain to me what's going to happen on this this Colts backfield? I wish I could tell you with certainty. I can tell you that it was a great uh, segue from the Devin Singletary love that I shared with JT in Buffalo and the Zach Moss hate for me because I thought he was uh, very overrated and he still is. And I know you say you love him. I'm sorry, John. I'm not trying to be uh, confrontational, but I wish Zach Moss had two broken arms so he couldn't be <laughs> on the field. Uh, sorry, Zach Moss fans. But I'm, I have more Evan Hull than any of the other two by far. I think that he'll see the most workload, but this team, oh man, with Jonathan Taylor out, there's, they're going to have eight in the box. There's going to be a spy on Richardson. They're going to play just straight man. There's no way they're going to turn their back and go in or, or they're going to play straight zone. There's no way they're going to go into man. And it's just going to limit some of the, uh, the rushing lanes, I think for, you don't, for a whole, you, you know what this reminds me of like when teams play against like Navy and stuff like that, where they don't have any passing game at all and they just <laughs> load the box and they know they're waiting for this double wing offense. or this kind of just, it's coming in between the tackles or some, it's going to be that kind of defense where everybody's going to be step, you know, they're going to beg you to pass against them, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of deal. So JT, you're, you're the, you're the, the resident Colts fan. Yeah. I mean, we talk about this. I mean, I had a lot, I know when we did our schedule show, I, blew people's minds i look at the schedule i was like this colts team can win 10 games the schedule is super easy it sets up perfectly for them i am completely out on the colts now <laughs> so this jt situation is a nightmare um it doesn't look like it's going to get any better even if he plays who the, the thing that this team need to be good was jt need to run the ball they need to run play action passing so that AR could throw the ball deep because that's what he's best at is chucking the ball deep downfield. And mm-hmm. now that's gone. They're just teams. Like you said, they're going to load the box. They're going to be all over him. I know we're supposed to be talking about running backs. I'm hundred percent with you on Evan Hall. Evan Hall is my guy on this team. I want him. He's going to be the third down back. The guy's got a great receiving profile. 
AR is going to end up having to dump the ball off a ton, I think, and games that they're losing, they're going to be playing from behind constantly. I think that means Evan Hall's on the field. I think he's going to be back there making blocks. And if you look preseason, man, he looked good blocking. He picked up some blitzers, just laid some dudes out. I, you know, a lot of times you're worried about that with rookies. Deion Jackson to me is just a guy. Yeah. And if they load the box, he he's not making guys miss and going 60 yards like JT. It's not happening. So I mm-hmm. he's going to be a plotter that, that can't do anything. I'm If I'm taking a guy, Evan Hull's the guy I'm taking at the end of every draft because he's one of those guys he might only get six, seven carries, but he's going to be a chance where he gets 10 targets in the passing game every week. And if you're playing a PPR league, he can still score you double digits. So mm-hmm. I, I'm on Evan Hull. And again, if they're crushing the – I think they're going to be playing from behind. No JT, this team – to me, it's like maybe a four-win team. I just think they could end up getting – I think it get real bad real fast is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, JT is going to have to come back at some point in time. He doesn't want to lose this year of uh, of eligibility, I guess. He wants, he wants to not lose this year as far as finances are concerned. Uh, so he'll be here, but none of these guys are really going to be able to carry the load you know, until – you know, for the like, – like JT does, obviously. So, but uh, JT – Jacksonville, Travis Etienne takes big Tank Bigsby, Jamichael Hasty, Dearness Johnson. Uh, there's been a lot of big case for Tank Bigsby this year. What do you, uh, possibly even be being a better option than Travis Etienne? I like Etienne, but I could see Bigsby being a, a big, humongous thorn in the side of Travis Etienne. What do, what do you know about that? Yeah, I I like Tank. Um... Etienne's a guy I like. If he stays healthy, I think their offense just is, is improving and improving. I think they finally uh, figured it out last year. I think this year they're going to be even better. Uh, but, you know, some people will say, hey, don't ever handcuff a guy. Don't ever do this. But Tank's a guy that I'm taking even if I don't have Etienne because I think there's a good chance that he does get a lot of playing time. And if Etienne gets hurt for any reason, I think Tank gets a lot of run. So I like Tank, especially in Dynasty. I'm taking Tank. Redraft a little farther down on him, but I'm still taking him if if it's a bigger roster where I can afford to stash him if I don't have to play him right away. Nate, the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarrett McKinnon, CEH. What do you know about this backfield? Is Isaiah Pacheco going to be the workhorse? Workhorse, workhorse, yes, in terms of uh, having the most, I'd say, touches. And the problem I have is that I, I think he gets kind of, I don't want to say pushed into the middle, but I think that's what's going to happen from a fantasy perspective is he might be better on the field from a real NFL standpoint, but Jarrett McKinnon's going to get his workload again, third down uh, play like he saw, like we saw last year. I don't think the efficiency is going to be there for touchdowns like we saw at the end, but he'll have a role. CEH will still have some role, and and if anything, hell, I I think that it's going to be Pacheco's backfield, but I'm moving Pacheco down a little bit further. I'm actually I'm higher on McKinnon just to have uh, a more efficient per touch number than uh, the Pacheco. Yeah, JT, the Chargers, Austin Eckler, who's still mad about his contract, Mike uh, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, Elijah Dotson. Uh, what do you think about this backfield here? Is this just, it's going to be, of course, the Austin Eckler show all season long, correct? I mean, that's what I would expect. Obviously, he's going to be, as long as he's healthy, I think that offense is going to be really improved. So I like him. Um, I mean, he's been one of the top three fantasy running backs the last couple of years. So he's good. I'm not sure I like anybody else on the roster. I know some people like Josh Kelly. I, 
if I don't have him, I don't think I'm taking anybody else personally. I have Spiller everywhere, I mean, and he's staying in my roster just because of the fact that I, I, I think that when somebody is looked, I mean, I think Isaiah Spiller was like early, early in the draft process last year. He was going as the number one running back on a lot of people's boards, and you know, people saw a lot in him. And then they realized, then he got to the combine, his numbers were bad, and they kind of, I think he still got it in him to be somebody, but not as, uh, you know, obviously we, we've seen him play. Now we, we I feel like he's somebody that can be, that would come out of nowhere like a dark horse to just be somebody in this league, you know? So I'm not cutting him yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until something happens to Eckler and then see what happens to the Spiller. But I'm not expecting the world, but he's, you know, you got to keep these flyers, these guys who had sparks before, you got to keep on your roster just as long as possible. Hold on to the dream just in case it does come true. Because I don't know what's going to happen to Eckler. I, I know he's, he's signed another extension, they're going to use him as much as they possibly can now. But, you know, Austin Eckler is a smart dude. He loves fantasy football. He's always in the media. He wants to extend his career as much as possible. He's going to take care of himself. So there's somebody on his team, I think, who's going to be, whether it be Josh Kelly, whether it be Isaiah Spiller, I'm not really sure. But I, I, there's somebody on his team who I think is going to be a dark horse if uh, if, if, if Eckler is going to just kind of not try to not be the every down, kill myself workhorse kind of guy. But it is what it is. Nate Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what, what did I say here? Chargers. Rams. Uh, Rams. Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, Ronnie Rivers. Uh, it's probably going to be a Cam Akers show, right? It will be. And I think the uh, the news with uh, Cooper Cup just puts Akers up a, a few more spots for me because we saw it last year when they needed to rely on someone. It was Cam Akers. I'm not a huge, huge Cam Akers fan. I like Kyron Williams last year coming in because – the, the one knock against him has always been that 40 time. And then just so happens he's from St. Louis and his neighbor was in, and I was talking with him at the moment. And it was one of those, well, funny stories like that. His family's my neighbor and he had sprained his ankle before he ran the 40 time, but he didn't want to let people down. So he still ran it supposedly. At least that's a story I heard. And that's right. why his 40 time was so bad. So one of those little, you know, water cooler, maybe bullshit stories, but at the same time I was a fan I, I, but I'm I'm a bigger fan of their workload and what we've seen their trust in Acres this year. So move up a couple spots for me. JT Zach Evans or Kyron Williams for the backup. I think it ends up being Kyron Williams. I think they like him. Um, like I said, I, I Zach Evans is. I don't know. I don't know on Zach Evans. I can't make up my mind. I mean, obviously, the guy was a stud in high school. Was supposed to be the stud in college. Had his moments. I'm not completely sold on him. I'm not sold on Acres either. <laughs> I mean, Cam Acres is a guy that I'm. I you know I sold off everything last year when everybody was real high on him. I was moving off him. I think this team is gonna be bad, 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 mm-hmm. and I think they're gonna end up having to throw a ton. And if Cups hurt, there's gonna be a ton of three and outs for this team. <laughs> I just, I mean, I can see it. Acres two yards. Acres two yards. Incomplete mm-hmm. pass. Punt. Yeah. Acres two yards, acres two yards, incomplete pass, punt. Like I, I just think this Rams team is bad. Their defense is bad. Um, the only hope on this team is Stafford to cup all day as they're losing constantly, and they just throw, throw, throw. And if they don't have that, I, I don't want it. So I'm out on the backfield, but just for that reason, I just, I think the O line's terrible. I just don't. I think they're going to be behind every week. I mean, the only games I even saw winnable on schedules when they play Arizona twice. So, and those teams can each beat each other once and have 
one or two wins for the year. But I, I, I'm on the under big time on the Rams. So if I had to have a guy, if I had to have Acres, I'd take him because I gotta have a playable guy. I just think this offense is gonna be bad. I don't know how many opportunities he's really gonna have. Speaking about bad offenses and opportunities, let's Nate. Let's talk about Josh Jacobs and the Raiders here, and Zamir White as the probably only backup on this team that would be worth uh, rostering. Well, tell me about the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. I think they're going to be – they're not going to be Rams bad, bad, in my opinion, though. I don't love Jimmy G, but I think that – I think he's going to lean on Devontae Adams, and I'm higher on Devontae Adams than probably most. And I think that by proxy, if we don't see Jacobs hit that proverbial at 350, in his case, the 400-touch wall that knocks him, spirals out of control – I think he'll still be he'll, – he'll return value from where he was going, of course, because which was easy investment. Now at the middle of the second is about where I'm not great on him. I just – I worry about that workload wall. I, I think that it's it's a truth. But I don't worry about Zamir White touching uh, any of his carries. I think it's still the Josh Jacobs show. Yes, let's talk about disappointment now because A, as a Dolphins fan, and B, as a Jeff Wilson fan – JT, we mm. talked pre-show about this. Jeff Wilson throwing out an IR right before the season started. It's like, I mean, yeah. I may have all been blindfolded and somebody come behind me and just kicking right in the nuts. I mean, with this news, it was absolutely terrible. Now it's Raheem Mostert, <laughs> Devon A. Chain, who I'm not a big fan of, Salvin Ahmed, uh, Chris Brooks. This turned out to be like one of the better backfields in the league before in preseason with, with Jeff Wilson, Mostert, A. Chain, uh, Salvin Ahmed, and, you know, Miles Gaskin was on his team too, like, it was sneaky, one of the better backfields because so much talent and, and so many different options. But now we're going to miss the first four games, at least, of, of Jeff Wilson. JT, tell me about the Dolphins' backfield now without without the first quarter of the season of, of uh, Jeff Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson was, like, my favorite weight on running back, like, sneakily taking him late, people forgetting he was even there, and just feeling like I just robbed everybody. I was just loving it. And all of a sudden, they're just like, oh, wait, he's got an abdominal injury and he's on IR. I'm like, what? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mozart, I think, is a decent start early. We know the history. He's going to eventually get banged up. He he does, too. Him and Wilson, this is the, the history of both those guys. Um, but Shane, again, I think he might end up being a better NFL player than he is fantasy. I think he's going to be a big hit guy. He's going to make some big plays. You know, best ball, he's probably a, a, a good play. But, man, I just don't see him getting enough to overall touches on a week-to-week basis to be going as high as he's been going in rookie drafts. And and even he, he's been a little banged up. So this running game, they better really hope that Mozart stays healthy the first four weeks or we could be seeing Tua throw the ball 50 times a game. It's good for two owners, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, I'm not a big Tua fan. As long fan, as he I- doesn't get – Crush. Yeah, I mean, it's like good that he's throwing, but you also don't want to throw him that often that he's getting taking that many hits. But but hopefully, hopefully it works out. I've got it. I mean, I just went to a crazy in the offseason. People were just dumping him for for ridiculously cheap prices and old quarterbacks. So I was picking him up everywhere. Uh, so I've got a ton of him, a ton of Tyreek Hill and a ton of Waddle. So I, I want the passing game, but man, Jeff Wilson is, is super disappointing. I, he was my sneaky play. I just felt great about it. And yeah, it's already disappointment. Don't get me started on to a tag of ILO. Okay. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I shouldn't even have brought his name up. I knew you were going to get upset. <laughs> I just want to pass to him as fast as possible in the quarterback segment. So 
Now we're done with that. Okay, enough to yeah. talk. It's the guy throws like five interceptions a game. That luckily defenders are playing defense because they can't catch the ball, and that's why two has been so lucky because defenders can't catch the ball. He throws like five interceptions a game that just are not interceptions because they bounce off people's face masks or hit them in the chest, and defenders can't catch it. But that's my rant about Tua. End of story. Mate, the uh, mm-hmm. Vikings, Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler, Kenny Nwangu, Nwangu, and uh, CJ Ham, the guy, the, the Ham himself. But Alexander Madison is going to lead this backfield. We all know that. Uh, Ty Chandler is someone who a lot of people have as the backup, and I'm not sure he's quite the backup that everybody wants on their team. Give me a breakdown of the backfield of, of the Vikings. I, I'm not a. Uh... I'm not a Madison fan. And I know that there's the, the most polarizing running back on the list. Like, I don't know if you guys do auction drafts or not, but in an auction format, that's probably one of the first names I throw out because I know that in, in 12 people, six people are going to love them more than they should. Six people are going to hate them more than they should. And you're going to have a battle because the people that want to go low, think I'll get this dummy to bid higher. And the people that want them will go a dollar higher. And I, I don't know if I trust anybody. We want to though. The Vikings offense should, could, and probably will deliver a, an RB2. Who that is, it could be Miles Gaskin, for all I know. I mean, it, that wouldn't shock me at all. But I think Ty Chandler is probably the one. Um, you know, there was, was him and Trey McBride both, and then McBride gets uh, cut. And I guess he's on the practice squad now, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Yes, he is. Yeah, it's – I don't know. I don't want to say it's a full avoid because at some point there's value in Madison – but I don't I haven't found it yet because he's continued to creep up into that spot where I'm not comfortable. Yeah, JT, the Patriots. Ramadre Stevenson, they brought in Zeke Elliott back there, and they pretty much told everybody else to go pound sand. They, it's, it's all they got on the roster right now, minus the practice squad, is those two running backs. So that being said, you know, Ty Montgomery's there in the weight on the practice squad. And then you got like um, Kevin Harris, who I love Kevin Harris. I, He's a, a bowling ball that runs like a four four forty. I, I love Kevin Harris, but unfortunately, he's a practice squad fodder right now. What is how big of a blow does Zeke make into in Ramadre Stevenson's workload this year? JT, ah, that's a good question. The question is whether Zeke gets all the touches on the goal line. Obviously, Ramadre is going to be the receiving back. Uh, I wasn't super high on him because I thought he was going too high in a lot of places. And then all of a sudden Zeke signs and all of a sudden I'm getting him a lot later. And I'm like, okay, well, like if you're going to let him drop into round three or four, I'll take him at this point. Um, So I I like Stevenson fine. Again, we've learned that, you know, a lot in this league, if teams want to run the ball, you can get enough touches out of two running backs, especially if one of the guys catches the ball. So I I like Stevenson still. This has depressed his value a little bit. I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be, but I do think Zeke is going to get touches. Um, But hopefully for people that have Patriots players, I think this offense should be better um, now that it's not the cluster of who's calling plays and we don't know who's calling plays and they don't know who's calling plays. So I think their offense should at least be better. Um, So I, I like both those guys. I think Zeke's a, a solid pickup late if you're taking a flyer because um, I think he can get some touch, especially if you're in like a standard league. I think he could get some uh, nice play with some goal line carries. Nate, the mm-hmm. Saints, you got Kamara's on suspension. You, we got uh, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, uh, a fan favorite, uh, Kirk Merritt. But Kendra Miller keeps getting hurt already. In the preseason, yep. he's been hurt a couple times. Jamal Williams was a stud last year for Detroit. Uh, you know, you got to figure that he's bringing some some 
on you know some haul to the table on this. What do you, what do you think about this this Saints running game? You touched on it. Kendra Miller, uh, overweight for me. I mean, not in size, but I have so much Kendra Miller when Alvin Kamara consist, uh, concerns were even more rampant. The my take on Alvin Kamara is that I think that from an efficiency standpoint, he he looked. Uh, I don't want to say done last year, but there were times I, I was out on Kamara as a whole. But the injury concerns, and I don't think Jamal Williams does enough to vulture too much of the Kamara work where I'm becoming an okay buy if he falls far enough. But honestly, I, I'm more of an avoid this backfield right now. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, yeah. JT, the Giants, Barkley, Brita, Brightwell, Eric Gray, who I have Eric Gray and a bunch of my rosters. What do you think about this backfield? Yeah, I mean, it's Barkley all day. I don't really love Brita. I don't really love Brightwell. I do have a decent amount of Eric Gray. I think he works his way up throughout the year and eventually becomes the clear backup to Barkley. So I do like him. I do think he has some ability. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's Barkley all day here. Yes, I'm a, uh, I mean, I, I feel like – if there's anything that happens to Barkley, they're going to expedite the process of the Eric Gray project here. So, yes, I agree with that. Uh, the Jets, Nate, Reese Hall, Dalvin Cook, Michael Carter, Israel Alabama Kanda, uh, who was my preseason darling. I just wish that he wouldn't have landed on his Jets team. I, I, was, I was such a, a Bama Kanda fan. And then I just had – I've never seen a team with so much talent on one roster. This is absolutely amazing. But how do you – Nate, how do you break down this 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 Jets backfield? Uh, Dalvin Cook will be heavily involved for the first five weeks. They brought him in to get past that nasty schedule, and that's the thing. Dalvin Cook's value is shit. Be, sorry, it, you know, it's not great because the first four games are going to be against really, really tough run Ds, and they brought him in so they didn't get behind, so they have a chance to win. They're all in, so they bring in Dalvin Cook to offset Brees Hall acclimation period. He eases, They ease him in. Then by week seven, it's Hall and Cook, Pretty much a 50-50 split, in my opinion, I think is what's going to happen. And then down the stretch, we'll see Brees Hall separate a little bit in in you know efficiency per touch. But I don't know if I want to invest in either one of them right now because I don't see a clear path to a to the RB1 upside breakout without the other person kind of holding their leg, keeping them down underwater. If you play Dynasty, you have to get Brees Hall right now because oh, this yeah. is a season in redraft. I kind of stay away from most of these guys because – you're going to get fantasy points on him, but Brees Hall's value right now where it's, where it's so – I mean, everybody kind of knows this, but he is the future of the Jets. And right now at his at his depreciated cost, you have to get Brees Hall. It is, it is – do whatever you can to trade for him. I'm not whatever you can, but, you know, I would I would trade what you believe to be a mid to late first next year for Brees Hall without a, without a, a bad of an eye. Uh, the Eagles, JT, Swift, Gainwell, my guy Kenny Gainwell, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott. What's going to happen in this backfield? This is a tough backfield <laughs> for me because I like all these guys. I re- I legitimately like all of them. And the question is, who's going to play? You know me, I'm a big Rashad Penny guy. If he's healthy behind this old line, man, he mm. could rack up some crazy stats. He really could. And then, you know, if they use him right and then they use Swift a little bit, couple touches here, but they use him out of the backfield, he catches the ball a little bit more. I can see him using all these guys a really well in just general NFL football sense, like using them all and they all play well and they make this team look great. Now, are you going to be able to count on them week to week in fantasy? That's the biggest issue for me. Now, 
I've been hammering Rashad Penny in rounds 10 to 13 in drafts. I mean, just absolutely. I It's a crazy percent of ownership I have. Rashad Penny, it's crazy. I've been taking Swift, too, if he falls in in certain drafts. Um, and I've been – Kenny G has been damn near free. I mean, I've been getting him at the very end of drafts, even with the, late, the hype lately of him moving up, people talking about him maybe being, you know, RB1. Um, again, I'm rostering these guys. If I have one, I'm trying to get both. Cause I'm, I, my thing is like, if I can get six weeks of awesome play out of Penny before he gets hurt inevitably, I'm going to be pumped about it. And then if that turns into six weeks of Penny with a little bit of Swift moved in and then Penny gets hurt and it's Swift and Gainwell, you know, I'll kind of work with it, but I would, I would not be taking any of those guys as my RB one. I, again, they're going to be an, um, back in RB2 flex play for me, but I love them in that flex play role. If I can play them in a big roster and and hope get a big week out of any of them, I I do it. But it's it's going to be it's going to be tough to figure out what they're doing. Gainwell's probably going to lead this team in attempts and receptions, but not goal line touchdowns. That's the only thing that's going to hold him back. So again, these guys are just 50-50. Swift and Gainwell are going to be just nothing but you know, burning each other in fantasy. They're not they're not uh it, they're good to have either one of them because if one of the, if Gainwell or Swift goes down, I think uh, the other one will be, uh, uh, you know, a, pretty much a fantasy for fantasy gold, I guess at that point in time, but uh, move on. Nate Pittsburgh, Janaji Harris, Jalen Warren and Anthony McFarland, who is a Anthony McFarland is kind of a sweet, uh, like a, a sleeper kind of pickup right now, but Jalen Warren is a fantasy. Like everybody, he is just such a, you could say, I sold Jalen Warren in like five leagues this, this year because of the fact that everybody thinks that he's going to be the next coming of Najee Harris, which I don't really believe. Nate, what, how do you feel this backfield is going to break down? Yeah, I think the value is because everybody feels he's the next coming of Alvin Kamara to uh, Mark Ingram of Najee Harris, and they saw the efficiency of how bad Najee's been. The work, the Steelers' offensive line got better. Uh, Kenny Pickett took a step forward, or should looks like he can take a step forward. There, there's a path to Najee Harris being just that v- high volume. Uh, low efficiency at work workhorse back, but that's the concern with Jalen Warren is he comes in, he's explosive, and he turns the uh, the head of Mike Tomlin enough that they trust him to take significant workload away from Najee Harris, which is why I'm probably out on Najee as a whole, and I'm leaning into Jalen Warren uh, less now because I was getting him so late. Now the hype and the helium has put him into he has to take the job from him or have enough have that offense take the next st- step forward where his receiving chops pay dividends. Right. JT, Seattle, Kenneth Walker, my guy, Zach Charbonnet, and DJ Dallas, who's also a pretty good contributor on this team. Uh, what do you how do you feel this backfield is gonna break out? See, this is another team that's like it's tough with these guys. I think they're both gonna get carries. I think they both have value. Um, I think the Seahawks want to run the ball more if they can. I think they threw too much for their liking last year, uh, even though Gino had a really good start to the season. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how they use these guys. Obviously, Kenny Walker, like everybody says, he's more of the home run hitter. He's a guy that shows you can break one and bit one big play. They probably are going to like Charbonnet a little more just because he's going to get you that positive yards on every carry, um, you know, a little more efficient as far as that's concerned. So these guys are tough. I've got a lot. I've got a decent amount of Kenny Walker. I don't have much Charbonnet, but that's just because he was going too high for me in a lot of places. Um, Not that I don't like him. 
Um, but again, this is just one of those tough situations. I do think they're going to run the ball a lot, so I do think both guys are going to get carries. Now, is one are either one going to get twenty a game? No, but if you can get twelve to fifteen out of each guy, and then you know a couple catches, you're probably all right. So it just depends on how much you're willing to spend on them. But I do like I do like the talent of both guys, and I do think they will try to run the ball as much as they can. Nate, San Francisco runs through McCaffrey. You got Elijah Mitchell as a talented backup. Kyle Juszczyk, Jordan Mason, TDP. Uh, this is a, I mean, they always have a lot of good, talented running backs in this team. But let's be, let's face it, it's the McCaffrey show, you know, as far as that goes. So, anything else to talk like talk about in the Four Niners backfield? No, Elijah Mitchell is my favorite handcuff in in the NFL right now because if something happens to CMC, he steps into, in my opinion, a a, a true RB one upside given that that offense that he runs behind. JT, uh, Tampa Bay, Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, Sean Tucker. I know you love Sean Tucker, but uh, is Rashad White really going to pan out? Like, I, I just traded Sean White, uh, Rashad White away in like four or five leagues because I think he's the hype is so maybe I didn't get as much as I wanted to for him, but I just kind of wanted him off my roster before the, 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 the bubble popped. You know, what do you think about the Tampa Bay backfield? Yeah, I just this is another team I think is going to be pretty bad. So how much they're going to be able to actually run the football because they're behind in a lot of games is going to be interesting. Obviously, they're going to really rely and hope their defense keeps it close, uh, so their offense can you know doesn't have to get crazy. I'm not a big Rashad White guy. I think he's I think he's a fine player. I just I don't see this bell cow getting the carries all the time player. That's me personally. Now I've seen a bunch of people who say the complete opposite. Um, I think he still could get a decent amount of passes because I just think that they're going to have to dump the ball off a lot. Baker or Trask, whoever ends up playing all the time right now, it's Baker. I think he could get a lot of catches. Sean Tucker's my guy. I've talked about this forever. If it wasn't for the heart stuff, I think he goes in the third or fourth round of the draft. Uh, if he actually would have been able to do the draft process. I think he's an absolute steal right now. I think he's more talented than Rashad White. And um, I just think he eventually – can win this job as far as their main running back. And then White still gets carries, still gets touches. I think they'll use them both. But I'd rather, personally, especially in Dynasty, I'd rather trade White, get by the value now while people are on him, and then I'd rather invest in Sean Tucker for super cheap. Yeah. Uh, Nate, Tennessee, we know it's a Derrick Henry show all the time. They got Tajay Spears. Everybody likes Julius Chestnut. Is one of my dark horse, <laughs> little engine that could kind of guy. And Hassan Haskins is on the IR, uh, you know, for various reasons. But besides Derrick Henry, do you want anybody else on this on this offense? Redraft, no. Dynasty, sure, Tazay Spears, but they they showed willingness that when they brought in DeAndre Hopkins, they were uh, all in as far as winning this season. It means they're going to ride Derrick Henry until the wheels fall off, which could be the last year. But I never try. You know, I, I hate to bet against Derrick Henry. But in this case, um, I'm going to bet that he is amongst that top two or three in total rushing yards again. JT, Washington, Commanders, Brian Robinson, Gibby, and Jonathan Williams. Big, I'm the biggest Gibson fan on the face of the earth. Like everybody knows that. Oh. Unfortunately, I tra- well, I, I know Nate. <laughs> Nate is is trying to proclaim that title for me, but it's not happening. You know, I I, I think I have Antonio Gibson underwear on right now. So, uh, <laughs> John, I think you you've totally rubbed off on me. I, I don't think I owned any Antonio Gibson, and I've just been taking him everywhere. It's like they see his name, and I'm like, oh, got to do it for John. I got to get it. Here's the other thing. I do like Gibson a lot. I like him much better now that 
the enemies there, and I just I don't see what they see in Brian Robinson at all. I really don't. I mean, he's a guy I literally have seen him drop so far in drafts, and I look at it, and I'm like, no. I still won't do it. I still won't take him. I don't care. Like, I, I'm taking Gibson. I like Gibson. I think they're going to incorporate him more. I, I tell you what, the thing that really jumped out at to me was that when they – threw that slant pass to him on the goal line for the touchdown, the preseason game. I'm like, yes, that's what you need to use them. Get them out in the wide receiver, let him move around, get him in great matchups with a linebacker where he's going to smoke a linebacker on a slant route. So like that, that's what I love. I saw that. I'm like, man, I'm in on that. At this point, I would take Chris Rodriguez over Brian Robinson. Yuck. I mean, I don't even like Chris Rodriguez either. I think they're damn near the same player, but I'd almost rather have him way later. But I, I to me, it's Gibson or a bust. I'm not taking anybody else in this backfield. Chris Rodriguez is fumbleitis, and he doesn't catch the ball that well. And I, I don't – even yeah. Brian Robinson. I think Brian Robinson can get all the carries. Antonio Gibson can get all the receptions. And it's just going to be – unfortunately, it's, it's, just a, it's just a mess. And until so, if something happens to Brian Robinson, it'll be it. Antonio Gibson – Love fest for everybody in the whole world who joined my party, my me and Nate's party. But after that, that's uh, that's it. All right, so we are way over where we wanted to be right now for our <laughs> show sheet. But um, we're gonna try and uh, I, I feel like maybe we should. You guys okay? You got a little bit, or you want to just try and fly through wide receivers and tight ends? You sure? Yeah, yeah, we can fly right. through wideouts pretty quick. There's not much. Yeah, there's much not much to talk about there. Where we gotta talk about much chalk. So. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk right now. Me and join fan tracks. Me and uh, me and JT are in a fan are in a rookie a, a Debbie draft right now on fan tracks. I just joined. The, JT got me on on fan tracks. JT writes for fan tracks. I'm using fan tracks a lot more than I ever thought I would because I'm very pretty happy with the customizable uh, uh, host site it is. So join fan tracks if you have a choice. Try to talk to your your lead mates about joining fan tracks. It's one of the best sites out there. It's it's it, now that I'm getting used to it more, I, I realize that I, you know, it's, it's got a lot more customization than I thought. So join fan tracks if you have the opportunity, but okay, let's go to wide receivers here. <coughs> Again, we're going to start with the, uh, the Cardinals. We got Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, Michael Wilson, Greg, the torch, Dorch, Zach Pascal. Uh, is Hollywood Brown? We'll start with you, Nate. Hollywood mm-hmm. Brown is he going to be uh, whatever he, you know, whatever he makes him out to be? I don't think he's making him out to be too much anyway. From where he's going, he's he is just kind of that wide receiver three four. Where last year without Hopkins, and I know it was first six weeks, and and the volume is going to be better. The team's going to be was better, but he was he was a top seven option in PPR scoring. So I think that he's still a viable wide receiver three where he's going. That offense is just garbage. I'm just saying you can get Rondell Moore eight rounds deeper for like probably maybe 30 fantasy points less. And then on top of that, you can get Michael Wilson right. 14 rounds later for probably, you know, what amounts to probably maybe 40 fantasy, fantasy points less than Marquise Brown. I I just think this it's going to be kind of a mishmash of talent here on, on the Cardinals offense. So mm-hmm. I, I'd better just go with M- Michael Wilson, start from scratch, even Rondell Moore instead of buying up for Marquise for, for Hollywood Brown. So, uh, JT Atlanta, Drake London, Mac Hollins, uh, Carol Hodge, Scotty Miller. Well, I mean, that's what's going on here. What do you, are they even going to throw the ball this year? First of all, <laughs> barely. I mean, Drake London, if you got him, you know, obviously you're holding them. You're hoping that he gets a ton of volume. Mac Hollins, 
only in the deepest of leagues do I have him. Like deep, deep leagues, like 14 team leagues where we're starting 12, you know, like craziness. But uh, outside of them, I don't want anybody. Um, I know people really like London. I just can't take him where they're taking him because I don't trust Ritter and I don't trust him to throw the ball enough. So I'm out on this. I'm out on this passing game. I, it's it's Bijan or bust for me on the Falcons at this point. Yeah, no, I 100% I get it. Uh, so the Ravens, Nate, Zay Flowers, love Zay Flowers. OBJ, mm-hmm. I think he's washed. Bateman, Duvernay, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Tylen Wallace. Besides Zay Flowers, are you are you targeting anybody else on this team? Not re- I mean, no, not really. Rashad Bateman a little bit more now, but it's just because his ADP had fallen so far. He was just, he was buried in depth charts or in ADP uh, forms. And so no one was taking a look. And then all the things were negative. You know, quarter zone shot in his foot after coming off list front, which is never a good sign because that's not something that you're supposed to do. I love Zay Flowers. I think Rashad Bateman in this offense is they're going to be more fast-paced, high-tempo, passing a little bit more than probably running than they have in the past. I'm fine with where he's going now, but I think his numbers, even his ADP is going to start to creep up into the don't draft. For me, too many mouths to feed. Yeah, I mean, in the middle of the ninth round, you get Zay Flowers, and then mm-hmm. probably – Eight picks later, you can get OBJ and Rashad Bateman. So I'd rather just maybe take a small reach and take Zay Flowers and just walk away from the draft. That, 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 yeah. that kind of deal. So JT, Buffalo, the Bills, Stefan Dyke, Stefan Diggs, Dave <laughs> Davis, Deontay Hardy, Khalil Shakir, Trent Shurfield, Justin Shorter. Uh, I'm hoping that Khalil Shakir gets the, the third receiver in this uh, offense, but I'm not sure that's even going to be relevant. We'll talk about somebody later who probably is going to be the third receiver in this offense, but uh, Gibbs and Davis, do you like Davis that much? Or are you just sticking with Gibbs or, I mean, is it worth a seventh round ADP for Gabe Davis for you? I'm absolutely out on Gabe Davis. I, I didn't like Gabe Davis last year when everybody was loving Gabe Davis. I was selling him. If I had him anywhere, I was picking him off waivers and then just trading to people for like third round picks and second round picks. Cause I, I did, I'm not a Gabe Davis guy. I just don't think he's ever going to be consistent enough. I mean, he's an ultimate Best ball, boomer, bus guy. Um, Shakur, I got a little of him. I'm not confident at all in him. I hope I hope that he ends up being the slot guy and doing something. But, again, only in deep, deep leagues. Uh, it's pretty much, again, it's digs for me or nothing. But I think that that's for a lot of people. It just depends on if you like Gabe Davis or not, and I don't. Nate, Buffalo, Kalush Shakur, or Deontay Hardy for your uh, slot receiver role here. What's good? Even Tred Sherfield has some buzz right now. So what what do you uh, just real fast Buffalo offense can you break that down real fast? I'm right there with uh, JT. I, I'm digs are probably nothing. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Gay Davis. Don't care about the injury last year and that the hype this year that he's going to be recovered and should be good. Four touchdowns against the Chiefs make me hate him even more. So I'm out on that. And then from the slot, give me Hardy over Shakir. Mm. Sorry, I hate, I hate you guys. But anyway. All right, Nate, uh, Jonathan, uh, Carolina Panthers, Mingo, Adam <laughs> Thielen, DJ Chark, uh, Terrence Marshall. All these guys are just right next to each other. I don't <laughs> – so I don't, I don't know what, what's what's the problem. Who do you go with? Nate, who do you even take on this team besides possibly Mingo? The, I've been taking Terrence Marshall just because I really loved him coming in, and then now he just keeps – if he can't beat out those names that we, you just touched on, Above injuries and everything else considered is pretty much Jonathan Mingo for me. I, the case for Adam Thielen, I get it, but I think Thielen's washed as well. And Bryce Young will lean on the fellow rookie and Mingo this year. 
JT, the Bears, DJ Moore, Donald Mooney, Chase Claypool, East Equinamia St. Brown, uh, Vellis Jones, who's pretty much just a return man at this point. Uh, what I mean, is DJ Moore worth the price that everybody's I mean, people are drooling over this guy? And he's probably only going to have less than probably 55 receptions that if he's lucky. Like, what is going to happen? What, do you, I, what is this offense? Tell me about this receiving, receiving court. Yeah, DJ Moore, I mean, I've got him in a few places. I've never, honestly, been a huge DJ Moore guy just for price and the hype and everything. But if I've got fields, I've been taking him in certain leagues for a stack, uh, especially in best ball. But I don't love him and his price. Again, I'm in Illinois. Most people I play fantasy football with are from Illinois, so they're overdrafting him big time, so I don't have him anywhere for the most part. The guy I'm really getting in this group is Mooney. Mooney is just his, his ADP is just tanked and you're getting him so late this year. And again, I think DJ Moore helps Mooney because Mooney's a better number two. He, he, we saw when he was the number one guy, it just, it was like almost too much for him. And it, you know, everyone's put their best player. So I like Mooney as a kind of like just a deep shot. If he's like my fourth or fifth wide receiver on my roster, I kind of like it. Uh, Cause I think he could get, he might get some looks and I, I just think he's going to be better this year. Chase Claypool, I just I can't talk myself out of the hate of him being the best part is he's on the Bears and not the Steelers for me. I, I the trade <laughs> was great, um, but I can't I can't if I have Claypool on a dynasty roster I still have him because I can't trade him for anything. But I'm definitely not drafting him anywhere like at all. I, I haven't even looked at him in drafts this year. Nate Chase uh, the the Bengals Jamar Chase T Higgins Tyler Boyd Trenton Irwin. I mean, their first three options are, I mean, besides Chase, Higgins and Boyd are almost kind of a, I would better have Boyd at the, at the cost. You know, I don't want to spend a second round pick to get Higgins when I can get Tyler Boyd in like the 13th round in some drafts. So but, uh, what what about the Cincinnati uh, receiving core? I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think Case Chase has a case for first overall. I, I wouldn't be shocked if someone chose him over Jefferson. Wouldn't be upset. Higgins falling into the end of that wide receiver one, the early wide receiver two. Sure. I think that last year was a little wonky with missing some games or at least play supposed to be playing. That might be one thing. There's many fantasy owners who had uh, Higgins when he was supposed to play in that game in a couple different games and then didn't actually play, you know, suited up and didn't. So I'm fine with, with Higgins, like you said, in that, in the third personally, but Boyd is great value, especially considering he's just kind of free. Yeah. JT, Amari Cooper, uh, the, the the Browns, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, DPJ, Diamond Peoples-Jones, Cedric Tillman, uh, an up-and-coming riser, David Bell, who I traded up to get last year, and I swung and missed like I do in all my drafts, like Jalen Tolberts and, and these kind of guys. What Tolberts, you know, we'll talk about him later too, but uh, Jakeem Grant, what, tell me about the Cleveland. Is Elijah Moore it really the steam that's coming in Twitter and all the rest of social media right now? Is Elijah Moore going to be the number one receiver on this, on this Browns team? Again, I don't like any of these guys. I don't like the Browns passing game. Nick Chubb or Bust for me, again, I like Chubb, but nobody else. I just don't think the passing game is going to be as great as everybody thinks it's going to be where those guys are getting drafted. Any About the only guy I own is Cedric Tillman, and that's because I was getting him real cheap in rookie drafts for Dynasty. That's that's really it. I'm not taking Amari Cooper he's at. I know I liked Elijah Moore okay. I don't like him on the Browns, uh, so I I just I'm avoiding all these guys again unless they're just 
dirt cheap and Amari Cooper just falls to me and I'm like, I guess I gotta have him. But uh but I just I don't love any of these guys to be be honest with you. I'm not gonna lie to you, I got a lot of down people down on people's jones and to get him in the twentieth round. I mm-hmm. I'll take that. I think he's uh, you know he's very underrated as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really fit in anywhere and I know they took up they took Tillman to possibly be his re- be his replacement, but I think Donald Peoples Jones could lead this team in targets this year. To be honest with you, so that's uh, that's my hot take for the for the show right now. So we'll we'll go. walk away from that. <laughs> uh, then we just talked about Tolbert a minute ago. Uh, where are we at now, uh, Nate? I think uh, Ceedee Lamb uh, mm-hmm. stud, Brandon Cooks uh, everywhere he goes, he's a stud. I love Michael Gallup, another number three, another like he's one of my favorite like top three, uh, you know, number three receivers in the league, Tolbert making a play for some catches this year. Uh, tell me about this uh, on, a, on a high volume offense, which should be, you touched on it before, which it's, it's still going to be probably a high volume uh, passing offense. Uh, who do you like on this team the most? I, uh, for the value is Brandon cooks right now at the uh, wide receiver 40. These are the names that are around him. Gabe Davis, Michael Thomas, Cortland Sutton, the aforementioned Zay flowers, but then Odell Beckham, Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks, Kadarius, Tony, I at the eight nine turn right there where they should be going. If I can load up on Brandon Cooks and Zay Flowers to get as my wide receiver four and five or even three and four, I think that's just stellar value right there. Yeah, everywhere everywhere he's gone, he's he's already proved himself. So yeah, uh, it's I like Jalen Tolbert is one of those you know year two wide receivers that everybody talks about grabbing. I, I think Jalen Tolbert could make a name for himself this year and possibly uh, you know I, I like my Gallup a lot, but I think Jalen Tolbert could be a pretty big. A future asset if you're on a dynasty league. So it's someone I, I'm grabbing, stashing towards the, you know, the bottom quarter of my bench. Uh, JT Denver, Courtland Sutton, Jerry Judy, who you know has got some. Uh, in, he just had some injury concerns. Marvin Mims, who I absolutely love. Uh, Brandon Johnson. And tell me about this. Is the Courtland Sutton just going to take the reins now because Judy's out for a while? I, I'm really torn on Court and Sutton. I've had some people offering to me. They're like, "Hey, do you are you interested in Court and Sutton on some wide receiver needs?" And I'm like, "I kind of am. But I don't know if I really am. Uh, I'm almost ready to have Mims at this point. I like Mims a lot. He's one of my my favorite guys coming out of the uh, before the draft. Um, as far as wide receiver value, I just liked him a ton. I think he's got a good shot. I really wish KJ Hamler could get healthy. I just I still think he's got ability. I know he's got the health issues right now, so technically they cut him, but they're supposed to re-sign him later. But I mean, he's a guy that's only twenty-three, as fast as can be. I really was hoping he could he could kind of get in the mix there. I like Jerry Judy. Um, problem for me is he's going too high with the injury concerns, and I'm I'm still not sold on this Broncos offense. Honestly, I'm just not. I know Sean Payton's there. I think they'll be better, but I just I've never been a huge Russell Wilson for fantasy guy. So that's why I'm just I'm I'm a little scared of this passing game. I take Sutton Cortland if he got to me. Mims right now is moving up, but if he if he's again if you're in a, a league where people aren't paying that much of attention or it's more redraft, Mims is a guy I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on. Oh, Dynasty, I I absolutely love Mims. Love right Dynasty, now, love Mims and Dynasty. I, I don't I don't know like in redraft you're looking at Jerry Judy in the five six turn, Cortland Sutton in probably the middle of the eighth or you know end of the eighth round. And then you can get Marvin Mims in the 19th round. Like, you know, it's like, you got to be kidding me. How does that happen? I love Mims, especially with with Judy going to be out for a couple weeks. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I love, I absolutely love, I love Marvin Mims before he landed in a situation where it kind of, the, the season kind of parted for him to start the season off pretty well. So 
I'm I'm very uh, happy about that situation. Uh, Nate uh, or JT, I think it's JT. Uh, the Lions: Amon Ross, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams, Marvin Jones, Khalif Raymond. So uh, is Jamison Williams? I uh, mean, player, player, the guys at player profile absolutely hate Jamison Williams. They call it, you know, he said he's he's just going to be a bust. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a wind sprint guy. He drops the passes all the time. Are you spending a a twelfth round pick on on Jamison Williams in a, in a redraft league right now? Uh, I'm probably not. If he just absolutely falls, and I'm in a league that you can put suspended players on the IR, I love doing that. That's just like my sticky thing. So I would take him and, and, and put him on the IR and stash him if I can. Uh, Amon St. Brown is a tough call. I mean, he is beloved right now. He just is going really high, really, really high. Um, not that I think that's anything wrong with that. I just don't know if I trust golf as much as everyone else does for that. Um, outside of that, I don't really, I'm not really taking any of these guys. I have Reynolds in some deep leagues, like deep leagues where he's been playable, um, in, in some tough situations, but, uh, but yeah, outside of that, I'm probably not going Khalif Raymond's an all right guy. He just is, there's no consistency with him. He doesn't get enough targets to, to have any fancy worth, really. Like I said, I have him on probably three rosters that are just, I mean, it's the leagues are so deep. I, yeah, roster them. But outside of St. Brown, I'm probably not leaning much on this. I actually think the Lions are going to run the ball a little bit more this year with Bonnie and Gibbs. So, yeah. But uh, St. Brown's great. I, if you got him, you're going to love him. If you got him in Dynasty, you're super freaking happy about it. I just don't know if I'm taking him in the first round of my draft or the very beginning of the second. Yeah, here's the – if you don't have any IR spots in the redraft league, do not draft James Williams. Let somebody else draft him, and they're going to cut him after a couple of weeks when, it's, when when they need to fill a roster somewhere. Look for James Williams on your waiver wire around week four or five, You know, right, right before he starts in week six or when he comes back week seven. That's going to be the, the play is go after Jamison Williams. And he could, I mean, it's worth the price of admission to find out if he's good or not, because you're going to know that you're going to know by the end of this year, if he's good or not, it, it is what it is. So uh, the youngest receiving corner league, Nate, Christian mm-hmm. Watson, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Malik Heath, Samari Toure, a couple Jaden Reed is my favorite on his roster. I think he's going to lead the team in targets, but Christian Watson is everybody, the fan favorite here. And he's because he proved a little bit of his wealth last year with Rogers. Nate, tell me about, talk me about the ledge of, of diving in and spending all my everything on Jaden Reed. You don't have to spend anything on him. That's the nice thing. He's wide receiver, what, 73? I mean, he's moving up a little bit uh, as of late just because they realize that he's going to probably be, as you said, one of the top two and top three in targets because I'm not backing off the Aaron Jones could potentially be the number two in targets thing, and Luke Musgrave at tight end is gaining some steam. But Christian Watson has the the true ceiling RB uh, wide receiver one, not overall, but in that wide receiver one conversation going as wide receiver 20 right now. If you look at like what's the, one of the good indicators for a breakout or a second year breakout again is yards per route run last year. He was right between CD lamb and Amon Ra on the top 12 in that category. Again, Aaron Rodgers to Jordan love is a drop off. I worry that it's going to be a little more run heavy, but I think Christian Watson is, is their best receiver for uh, yardage and, receptions i think that Jaden reed is the best value of the group yeah christian watson is the best best ball player on this team i'll put it that way Jaden reed's the best player on this team there you so go. that's now I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that uh jt i'm gonna stick you with the houston texans here you got nico collins tank dell robert woods noah brown john mechie who i like john mechie i think uh you know he's got a lot to prove he's got he's got it's comeback john john mechie comeback season but who are you taking on this team 
Man, this was a toughie. I, I'm probably not taking anyone, to be honest with you. I just don't know how this is going to work out. I, I'm really nervous. I like CJ Stroud a lot. I'm nervous about this old line uh, pass blocking for him. I cannot talk myself into Nico Harris. I don't know why. I just can't. I can't do it. I just can't. Uh, Nico Collins, right? Nico Harris. I just can't talk myself into Nico. Um, maybe Tank Dell. He looked okay in preseason. Again, it's so hard with these smaller receivers. My deep, deep sleeper, Xavier Hutchinson. I like him, but I don't know how much run he's actually going to get. If I had to just take a flyer on a guy, it's probably Mechie, to be honest with you. I think people kind of forgotten about him, so you can get him cheap now. Um, but, man, I just I don't love this receiving core. I really don't want to have to start a Texan. That's not one of their running backs. What if I told you that Nico Collins might actually outscore uh, DJ Moore this year? Wouldn't that be crazy? That that would that would be crazy. I I would take the DJ Moore side, but I guess at the price you'd be like, hey, if they're even close into production, you got to say Nico's the win there. But uh, I I just man, I don't know. I just new quarterback, new coaching staff, new everything. All these, none of these wide receivers have really proven it. It's it's just so tough for me to pick a guy here. I just want to avoid it if I can, honestly. Yeah, Nate, we talked about this before about possible voids with the reception receiving core of the Colts, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, who I love with the quarter the quarterback situation with Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie, who would you know he's pretty much a special teamer. But this, who are you taking on the Colts? Because I don't really trust anybody here either. Yeah, when JT did the play calling uh, breakdown for how it's going to be with Cam Akers, two-yard rush, two-yard rush, and a complete pass, this is going to be RPO uh, run for five yards for Anthony Richardson. RPO, single uh, number one target, Michael Pittman will get a target incomplete. Uh, then RPO run, Anthony Richardson, nine yards, move the chains. Then read, rinse, repeat, it's going to be Michael Pittman targeted 10, 11 times a game. He's going to catch probably four to five of those balls, unfortunately. And then Alec Pierce is going to get the deep shot here and there that will hit occasionally. Uh, there's no doubt. And his hype will continue to build. I love Michael Pittman. I wanted Michael Pittman so much because I thought Jonathan Taylor would take some of the pressure off. And those RPO options would turn into 70 receptions out of the 100-plus targets that he was going to get. And now I'm starting to throw some cold water on that. And I worry it's just going to be four for – you know, 58 and maybe the occasional touchdown here and there for Pittman. And that's not going to support a, uh, I mean, he's wide receiver 37 right now, ADP. So he's dropping, but it, it has me concerned. JT, I know you're the, the Colts fan here. So am I, how far off am I? I, I think you're right. I, I was actually buying him everywhere off season just because he was starting to dip in value. And, and I, I really was loving the dip as far as dynasty is concerned. I've got him in a few leagues uh, redraft because he has been dropping so far, but with JT, I'm, I'm with you. I'm real nervous now. I thought like, Oh, there's some good upside there. If they run the ball real well, he'll get some targets. He'll get some solid yardage. Uh, Alec Pierce is probably one of my favorite best ball guys. Just yes. he is going to have some monster games. You're going to get get a couple games a year where he's going to have three for like 115 and a touch because yeah. he's going to get a couple 50 yard bombs. Um, you're just going to be real frustrated trying to figure out what week to play him. I like him a lot. I think he fits right with what AR is good at 
throwing that deep ball. So I love Alec Pierce. I think he's going to be their deep guy. The problem is how many is he going to be able to pull in, you know, a game without the without the play action? Because the play action is where he would have crushed it. Running play action, they run the ball great, and all of a sudden, boom, over the top, Alec Pierce for 50. Now when they're throwing the ball all the time, it's going to be tougher for him to, you know, take the top off things when people are ready for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm a down on the wider score. I like Josh Downs a lot, too. I just think Downs is going to be really tough because he runs all the routes that AR is terrible at throwing. All the five-yard routes, all the slants, all the stuff that he can't throw very well. And that's what kills me on Downs, even though I like him as a player. So, I – the Colts are another one. They're tough. They're tough guys to take this year. I've been taking Alec Pierce late, hoping that he, you know, they'll get enough deep shots. Pittman, if he falls me, I'm taking him because I think he is going to get targets. But you're right. You're probably going to see a lot of those four for 58 games and not be super pumped about it. I feel Richardson's a lot more talented than people make him out to be. I, I know that he's inaccurate right now, but I just feel like – in redraft, he's going to score his fantasy points for his rushing ability and his, you know, is is you know, the, it's going to be mostly rushing abilities while his growing pains are going on. But in dynasty, after he starts out the season pretty bad, if it doesn't pan out, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get Anthony Richardson in my dynasty team because I feel like he's one of these players that has so much talent athletically, athletically that, and I've seen him, you know, throw the ball pretty well in certain situations. So I think he's someone that could be fine tuned into a really good quarterback and the all very good all around quarterback in the NFL. So I'm buying him that. Yeah. My thing real quick on him is I it's, I, it's not that I don't think he's a good thrower. I think the guy, I mean, he throws a great deep ball, very yes. accurate. The problem is he's got such a big arm. He hasn't figured out how to throw an intermediate pass and the short passes. Cause he took, he tries to take so much off of it. So he doesn't kill a guy by throwing it a hundred at him <laughs> yeah. that it's, it's, it's very hard for him to be accurate on the short stuff. Not because he doesn't have accuracy. He, he has good long accuracy. He has good, you know, middle of the field accuracy. It's just, he throws the ball so hard. He's got such a big arm that sometimes when it is an easy throw or a drop off, He's thinking about it so much. He's trying to take so much off that it kills his accuracy. So I think it's something he could definitely improve upon. I'm buying AR everywhere. I love him if I can get him. I just I just think that the the script is going to be bad for the Colts with no JT. And I think that's what's going to kill AR is that he's just going to have to stand back and throw where if they were running RPO with JT all the time, I'm like, bam, I love it because he's going to get all kinds of play action passes. He's going to get all kinds of 15 and 30 yard passes. He's not going to have to do the dump offs. Now I feel like everybody's going to zone him to death and they're going to want him to dump off, dump off, dump off, which is, he's just not great at that. Yeah. I was sitting in the bar watching him. I think they were playing Georgia when he had that, they uh, the, he was in the pocket, pretty much sacked. He juked like two guys out, took, ran to the right, and just threw a dime like right in the center of the numbers of the chest, perfect, right in the back of the end zone to a standing tight end. It was the most amazing play I think I've seen in a long time, and I feel like that he's got that in him. Like when you mm-hmm. people show flash like that, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about his future. So, and I love Anthony Richardson too. I have him like firmly in redraft in my top 14 quarterbacks just because of the legs. We saw it with Philly. I mean, hell, if that one play hadn't been called back, and I know it was against the second-team defense too, so let's not get too carried away, but he had he had a 15-yard run called back from holding, which was a terrible hold. They shouldn't, he didn't need the hold to get 15 yards. I think that there's a 1,000-yard rush, like legitimate uh, case mm-hmm. to be made, but it's 
gotten a lot harder when, like you said, both safeties are going to be up in the box and it's just going to be, he's going to have to get out of his own head and you use the perfect analogy of that short thing. You guys, either one of you golfers. Yeah. Kind of. So yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect explanation. Then, you know, whenever you have that, like you have a choice between in a scramble, the hundred yard uh, pitching wedge in or eight fifty degree wedge, whatever, or you can move into the guy that's only 40 yards out. I don't want to be at 40 yards out because it's really hard for me to hand and just and be like easy. And that's Anthony Richardson on those short to intermediate. You want to, he, you know, you want to take it off and it should be nice and easy and you're closer and he chunks it. And that's what he is. He's chunking the passes over the middle and over, you know, to, uh, to Michael Pittman. All right. So. We need quarterbacks first. So we got to get off this because we're, <laughs> we are too much in the Anthony Richardson line right know, now. Sorry. All right. So, uh, Nate, we'll go back to you, JT. I mean, uh, Jacksonville. Calvin Midley, Christian Kirk, uh, Zay Jones, Jamal Agnew, Tim Jones. This is uh, – we went from a guy we talked about running to a guy we, we know can run but also is a fabulous passer. I, my description of uh, of Trevor Lawrence is that there's some quarterbacks like Justin Fields who need the wagon to pull the horse, where, where Trevor Lawrence is the horse that pulls the wagon. No matter what team you put Trevor Lawrence on, he can make that team better. Where Justin Fields needs a better supporting cast around him to be good. So – what is Trevor Lawrence going to make out of these receivers, in, in especially the new Calvin Ridley on this team? That's a, that's a great question with Calvin Ridley, and, and I know that that's going to be another one of those polarizing guys. I have some people I've seen him go as the wide receiver like ten overall, like right up there next to with CD Lamb and company. And I have a concern that this much time that it's going to take a little bit of acclimation. But man, preseason buzz and those two, their relationship and communication seem to really be. Uh, Hitting it off. I'm a bigger fan of Christian Kirk at the value at the uh, ADP myself, but I, I can understand a case we made. I think Zay Jones isn't bad value, especially down at wide receiver 60. I mean, there's going to be plenty to pat, you know, plenty to go around. That's for sure. All right, JT. So what the Chiefs? I mean, there's not much to say about the Chiefs as far as receivers wise. Everybody's going to get pelted. Be, you know, the, obviously we all know the tight end is the guy there, but uh, the Sky Mortar, Kadarius Tony. MVS, Rasheed Rice, Richie James, Justin Ross, Justin Watson. There's a lot of guys to go around here. Is anybody going to emerge on this offense? Is Sky Moore really going to take the next step this year? This is probably a better question for Nate. This is another <laughs> one. I just I'm scared of all these guys. I mean, if I have to take someone, I've been taking Rasheed Rice just for because he's a rookie. I think he's got some good potential for the future. I'm hoping I don't have to play him in a lot of spots this year. I hope it, that he just sits on my roster. But man, I I'm not a Kadarius Tony guy. I just really am out on him. I don't. I, I I haven't liked him since he came out. I was just not a fan of him. And again, it's just I feel like you know you know Mahomes is going to get around to everybody. He's going to make plays. But it's like I don't want to have to count on any of these guys personally. Um, I think they all have their weeks where they have some good games. But man. I just I don't want to take any of these guys. Like I said, I'll take Rasheed Rice in rookie drafts. I have him some dynasty. I like him, but I I've been avoiding every one of these guys in a regular league unless it's like, you know, I'm throwing a random late stack in a best ball and I have Mahomes and I'm hoping that I just get a touchdown catch or something good out of one of these guys and he you know he ends up jumping into my roster. Nate, do you feel that the Chiefs are transitioning, uh, beginning the early stages transition of of post Travis Kelsey to the new offense, which is Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, and then possibly uh, Kadarius Tony in the or just you know or maybe like Rashi, uh, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, 
or, you know, and maybe somebody else in the future that would come on this team. Do you think that's the, the plan right now to have these small school guys come in, teach them the, the system and, and, and turn them into superstars? I think that's a, a great approach. I don't know if they're going to do that or not, because I don't think they ever want to think about a non-Travis Kelsey led team, but exactly like you had just said any week, Sky Moore, uh, KT, Rasheed Rice, MVS, Richie James, Justin Ross. Every one of those names could very easily week in, week out, be one of a, a, a wide receiver of top 15, top 20, given just who Mahomes is seeing, and he'll hit the open person. Sky Moore, MVS will be the two most likely candidates because they're going to be on the field with two wide receiver sets. They're probably going to want run 12 personnel more than we think. And in that case, then you're just going to have to pick and choose. Richie James has the best hands. Justin Ross has the red zone uh, targets that and that by the fact that I had to name seven receivers means I'm avoiding wide receivers for Kansas City. So JT, who are uh, Nate, we'll go back to you for the Chargers now. Uh, talk about another high-powered offense, but they, you know, you're looking at Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, Josh Palmer, uh, Josh Palmer, uh, Jalen Guyton, uh, Keelan Doss, probably mm-hmm. nothing there, just special team guys. But uh, is if Keenan Allen stays healthy. It, uh, I mean, any one of these guys, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson could be studs on this team. Not a humongous tight end uh, uh, passing team, so we're probably going to have three receivers that do pretty well on this team. What do you think about the Chargers? Yeah, they're more consolidated. Definitely going to go more to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I think Josh Palmer has a case to be made that he's not someone to uh, overlook. Quentin, because, hell, I think he led the uh, team last year in snaps from wide receiver room. But I think with Kellen Moore, Moore is going to have them passing downfield. I think that's going to be a result of Austin Eckler losing some of the underneath touches. I'm all in on Keenan Allen. I'm very happy to take him. He's at wide receiver 21 right now. Currently he's, I don't have a problem with him being my wide receiver one. I, I really don't. I can wait. If I t- go running back heavy and Keenan Allen's my one, I know there's a risk with injury, but we saw that last year, last couple weeks of the season when Herbert's healthy esque, they, uh, they're d- super dangerous. JT. Uh, now we're looking at uh, Cooper mm-hmm. Cup's got an injury uh, early this season already with a hamstring, and now they said it flared up again. If Cooper Cup is not 100% to start the season, you got, I mean, Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson was somebody I always liked. Tutu Atwell is, you know, the size of my Chihuahua, and then you got Pika Nakua, another smaller guy, uh, Ben Skowernick, Demarcus Robinson. What? What happens to this team if, if Cooper Cup is hurt and like you know it, it'd be it's more of a situation than than we thought it was? Uh, again, it's, a, it's Cooper or nothing. I mean, Puka and Dynasty, I like as a late round as a guy that you can throw in, uh, see if he gets some value. I don't love anyone else. Schrock, Van Jefferson, they're just guys to me. Um, I don't want them on my roster. I I think there's roster cloggers. Um, Puka, I take a shot on. Because you can get them late, um, and it's fairly good value. But man, this is just a tough, tough wide receiver room here. Yeah, another tough wide receiver room minus one guy, Nate Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, uh, DeAndre Carter. Uh, it's probably going to be the Devontae Adams show, and then it's going to be a big, big tier drop off to Jacoby Myers. Um, anything else to say about that? No, other than people are too, I think people are too low on Devontae Adams still. I Agreed. think the hate, the hate is, uh, is is real, unfortunately. I think he's going to have closer to 100, 100, 100 receptions this year. So I do too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know why. I, I know it's a, the, not, nobody's a big fan of the quarterback situation, but Carr I mean, was terrible last young. year. That's the thing, too. Yes. Carr wasn't good last year. It's not going from some great elite Aaron Rodgers year to, to Jimmy G. It's 
going from kind of garbage Derek Carr to probably kind of garbage Jimmy G. Right. JT, the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Braxton Berrios, Cedric Wilson, uh, Eric Azuma. What, uh, what, uh, what's going to happen here? Because we know it's the one-two punch here. So uh, anything else to talk about, really? Yeah, those guys, I mean, the, the one guy I am kind of stashing in, in deeper leagues is Braxton Berrios. Because if one of those guys get hurt, we've seen where he can, like, get crazy amount of targets now is it a lot of yards no but he can get a crazy amount of targets if you especially if you're in a uh, kick putt return league where you get points for those mm-hmm. i think he's gonna play special teams for them so i love him so he's like a deep flex for me in that because i think you're, and you're gonna see some bye weeks where it gets real thin he's a guy I like where i think he, he could end up being that number three wide receiver again they could end up throwing the ball just a ton you know, and, and so I, I'm taking a shot on Braxton Berrios. If I've got room on my bench, I'm picking him up. I went and just waiver wired him everywhere. Like last week, I just went and picked him up in any league that he was available that I could I could fit him on my roster. Braxton Berrios almost single handedly won like won me like four uh, Super Bowls last year in fantasy because of the fact that his special teams. All of my leagues are special teams heavy with kick mm-hmm. returns, yardage, touchdowns. Barrios had like three weeks in a row where he had a return touchdown. It was absolutely amazing. He caught, I mean, he pretty much got me through the fantasy football playoffs last year. It was, it was my, my whole team was hurt. I had studs in the top, not much of a bench. Braxton Barrios was like the perfect combination of like uh, just somebody I needed, like in my dart, my angel that fell in my lap for the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, here's an easy one for you. Uh, JT, I think it's your turn. Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, Jalen Naylor, uh, Brandon Powell for the Vikings. Uh, there's not much to say here, right? Jordan Addison. I mean, I guess KJ Osborne's KJ Osborne's kind of a sleeper in his offense, right? I mean, he he kind of was. I just think I'm out on Osborne because I like Jordan Addison a ton. I'm just a, I've been a Jordan Addison guy for three years, but they took him in every one of my Debbie leagues, stacked up on him. I and people are like, oh, you know, is he limited because he's with the Vikings? I'm like. It's a perfect situation. JJ's going to get a million targets. People are going to be all over him. I think Addison's going to eat big time in this offense. I think he's going to be really good. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. Again, I'm not a Madison guy, just like Nate said. I'm not big into their running game. I think they're going to throw all the time. And so I think Addison's going to get a chance. I I think he leads all wide receivers in receiving this year. It's not rookie wide receivers. Rookie receiver. what I, mm-hmm. I think he, I think for rookies, I think he, I'm putting bets on him across the board to, to lead in those categories. Um, I just think he's going to be really good. Osborne, because I think Addison takes a lot of that, that look. Osborne was stealing a little Thielen's thunder last year, but I think Addison is way better than Thielen ever was. So, I just I, I love Addison. If I can get him, even in the rookie year, even in redraft, I, in dynasty, I mean, give me him all day long. I was praying he dropped to me at any of my six, seven, eight, nine picks I had. I was praying he got to me, and I was taking him everywhere. So I like Addison a lot. And then the, the big question on JJ is like, is he number one overall for you in your fantasy? If you're a redraft, that's the only question for me on him. Everybody loves him. You want him? It's like, is this? Are you taking him number one? I had like two number one picks. I took him number one. And I think I had one other number one pick, and I took CMC. So yeah, I Addison, think that's the only question you have there. Addison, Mims, and Reed are my three favorite uh, rookie receivers coming out this year. So they're, they're uh, by far. I'm trying to get them everywhere, but it's not working out too well for me. Uh, Nate mm-hmm. Juju, the, the Patriots. Juju, Devontae Parker, who they just signed for big money for some reason. Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, Demario Douglas. 
what I, I just got rid of Juju in every league, and it's probably it's probably a year too late to be honest with you, a couple of years too late, honestly. But I mean, do you are you in love with Juju for this 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 offense going to throw as much as we even want to see a wide receiver? No, I I'm I'm out on Juju actually, and I think that the only person I'm probably in is Devontae Parker, and I know that sounds gross to even say, but where he's going, which is like wide receiver eighty, there there's a clear path for him to at least have some volume which isn't going to be great. Tyquan Thornton's on the IR. I like Kayshawn Booty. I think that that's a, a, a deeper name that could turn into somebody. Like if you – like skill set rises to the top, it'll it'll be him. But Parker's paid, and not that that has anything to do with anything. We thought that was because it was some type of uh, budget constraints and salary cap movement for DeAndre Hopkins, but they didn't. They didn't bring him in. It's it's gross, but I think there's a, there's a serious case that he may have some weeks. Yeah, JT the uh, Saints, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid, Rashid Shahid, uh, underrated player. I think Traquan Smith, uh, Keith Kirkwood. What is going to happen in the Saints offense this year? I mean, Olave is really good. Everybody's on him. He's probably going where he should go. So if you like him, you're drafting him in, in, at his ADP. Uh, I'm out on Michael Thomas. I'm just not going to get on that train again. I mean, I'm just not. I mean, maybe he bounces back. I just don't see it. We just have years of history of guys that never made – after this many years, they just don't turn around all of a sudden again. So I'm out on Mike Thomas. Uh, Rashid, I, he's okay. My deep guy I like on this team, to be all honest with you, is A.T. Perry. Uh, I like A.T. Perry a lot. Um, I don't know how much of work he's going to get. Obviously, redraft, I would no freaking way I'm taking him. But in Dynasty, I like him. Because he was the only real clear-cut ex-wide receiver coming into this draft as a rookie. One of the few guys that actually has size and played on the outside uh, pretty much his entire time at Wake Forest. So, I like him a lot. I think... If the Michael Thomas situation just absolutely falls apart, I think you could by midseason see A.T. Perry get out there and being playable uh, in deeper leagues. Uh, he's my stash right now for Dynasty A.T. Perry. It's a great stash. It's a great stash. Uh, Nate, Giants, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Sony Shepard, Paris Campbell, Wondell Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, who I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big Jalen Hyatt fan, but what's going to happen? Is this just to the tight end in this whole offense like everybody's talking about or is anything is there anybody that you want on your fantasy team on this offense i'll take uh isaiah hodgins he's the only big body out there outside of you know amongst a bunch of slot receivers and look you know from what week 13 on he had a touchdown in four or five weeks so he's a red zone threat solid enough targets i i don't love him but where he's going which is like in the you know wide receiver 70 range you could do a lot worse yeah jt jets Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Nicole Hardman, Rick Randall Cobb, uh, Jason Brownlee, Irvin Charles. I mean, that's we're just naming names now. But Garrett Wilson, <laughs> is he going to make any? Is anybody else going to be fantasy relevant on this team besides Garrett Wilson? There is just going to be just the Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson show. I think it's Garrett Wilson. I actually think the Jets are going to run the ball a ton, like we talked about with Cook and Brees Hall. I don't think this team wants to come on chucking around everywhere. I really don't. They they want to play defense. They have a hard schedule. They want to keep it close. I, I like Garrett Wilson. Obviously, quarterback upgrade helps. I've never been an Alan Lazard guy. I just add not yeah. at all. I don't like him at all. Um, McCar- McCole Hartman, ugh, whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, Randall Cobb, like, I, I'm blown away that he's still relevant. But, like, I, obviously, they've been thrown to him and, and 
practice a lot. So, but I don't want any of these guys. I think I have Randall Cobb on two teams where, again, super insanely deep rosters and leagues where I got to have someone that's just playable. But he would he would maybe be the guy in a deep shot I would take a shot on. But I just – I don't think this team, even though they went and got Aaron Rodgers, I don't think this team wants to throw the ball a million times. I really don't. And so I just – I don't I don't see the volume for a lot of those guys. Uh, Nate, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith for the Eagles. I, I'm I am the world's biggest Devonta Smith fan. He's my favorite receiver, I think, in the NFL right now. Uh, besides those two guys, is there anything else to even look at on this offense, or is it just the go it flows to those two guys in the tight end, right? And then the running backs. That's what I would say. Yep. Yeah. So it is what it is. I I would you rather have AJ Brown or Devonta Smith in your team for at cost? Devonta Smith. Yes. Good answer. I love it. It's it's the right answer. Pittsburgh, JT. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, Allen Robinson could make a revival in his career, but probably not. And Miles Boykin, who's a local guy here, Chicago area. JT, this is your team. Tell me about him. I I love this wide receiver core. If Pickett can take a step forward, which he's everything right now is looking like he's going to. If Matt Canada, you know, doesn't absolutely screw this thing up, which is a complete possibility. So don't <laughs> let me, you know, don't let me talk about that because he could totally screw this up. I really like this receiving core. I think Deontay is going way too low. I mean, way too low. Uh, he is just an absolute steal right now. I'm super high on George Pickens. I know he's like a very de- divisive player. People that really like him and they really don't. Um, analytics guys hate him. I just watch him and I'm like, this guy just makes plays. I don't care that he doesn't get five feet of separation. He catches the ball in a tightest windows of all time. So I love Pickens. I think he is due for a huge breakout. I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more. I think they're going to be way more efficient. So I like these guys. Calvin Austin is uh, one of those guys. He's almost like a He's going to be a Braxton Berrios to me. He's like he's going to kick, punt, return, and he's going to get some handoffs. He's going to get some touches. He's going to be very difficult to play in a lot of leagues unless you're starting a ton of players just because of the amount of touches he's going to get on a regular basis. But I think he is a guy that's going to be in the mix. And then Allen Robinson, I know he was down last year. But, dude, I would take Allen Robinson on this team over – some of the number twos on other teams. I, it's, it's crazy how some of these teams have no wide receivers and other teams have everybody. It it, yeah. it's, it blows my mind. I don't think Allen Robinson is really going to be playable just because I don't think he's going to see a lot of targets. I think he's going to help the Steelers win games in real life. Uh, but fantasy-wise, it's tough. So the, the question for me this year has always been, like, when it gets to me in that range, I'm like, am I going Pickens or, or Deontay? And that's the tough call. Honestly, Dynasty for me, it's Pickens all day, every day. Redraft, I've been slightly leaning more Deontay because uh, I've been getting him a little bit cheaper. Yeah, and I'm a bit. In a lot of cases, I end up getting both because I'm a Steelers fan. I'm crazy. And I take Pickens and then Deontay keeps dropping and I'm like, screw it, I'll take him too. Yes, fantastic. Uh, Nate, uh, Seahawks, Metcalf, Lockett, a JSN who's going to be out for a while with a broken arm, a broken hand. Uh, Diaz, Wayne Eskridge, who I loved back in the day, but you know that's not going to happen. Jake Bobo, what what is what's going to happen with this offense until JSN gets back in the rest of the season? Is JSN going to take over? Is it going to be a spread running offense? What's what's going to happen here? I, I mean, I don't believe so. I think it's still going to be Tyler Lockett is uh, 
the best value in draft, maybe not the best value, but you know what I'm saying, and hyperbole a little bit. But it'll be one of the better values, just like Deontay Johnson. I have, I have so much of those two on the same team. It's kind of scary because they're kind of similar in terms of output, you know, heavy target monsters. DK is going to be better than, I think, in my opinion, than where he's being drafted. I think that there was a lot of the underlying metrics where he excels at broken tackles, tackles after the runs after tackle, yak, et cetera, where he was down. I think we'll see a resurgence a little bit. I do have my concerns about Gino just a little bit. I, I worry that there's going to be back to the normal Gino, the, the the Gino that we saw from Mizzou through New York, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm probably one of the guys down on JSN by comparison because many people think he's going to take over that number two spot by uh, week eight. I don't know about week eight. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to be out for – beginning of the season, right? He's going to, well, that's the thing is they, they think that it's going to be, you know, I thought the talk was like three to four weeks, but now he's out making catches. He's got the risk. I still think he's out for four to five. I think he's out four weeks. I don't think he, I don't want to say he's an afterthought. I just don't have that much hope and hype in JSN really carving out a significant role in that offense. This is the most polarizing duo in the league. I think Tyler Lockett is, is so underrated, but he's such a good player. And JSN is, I'm not going to say overrated, but, I mean, he is probably the best receiver in this, one of the best receivers anyway in this upcoming draft Yeah, as far as NFL is concerned. But there is going to be a change in the guard probably next year that JSN is going to take over Tyler Lockett's spot. And it's going to be, it won't happen this year. I think for for in redraft, you want Tyler Lockett, but in Dynasty, obviously, JSN is the person they have on your bench. But this is a... uh, Metcalf is going to be slow and steady, just going to do his thing. You know, he's going to be a leading receiver on his team probably. So, uh, but it's going to be close. Tyler Lockett is a great, great, great player. But if Geno keeps it up, all three of these receivers are definitely fantasy viable. So, mm-hmm. uh, San Fran, JT, you got Debo, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, Danny Gray. Tell me about this offense. Uh, sorry about it. Say something. <laughs> Ask me again. I was, I was listening to something. Oh, no. No big deal. So, you got – we're doing the 49ers here. We got – Oh, Niners. Yeah. D, so, yeah, like, I, everybody likes Ayuk. Uh, I have to be honest. Like, I don't have anything personally against him. I just have never been a huge Ayuk guy. Debo is, you know, I like Debo. Again, really good player. Fantasy-wise, is he ever going to hit that ceiling again like he did? I don't know. Um I know they want to run the ball. It's not that I wouldn't take Debo or Ayuk. I just am not really taking either one where they're going. No. They're just they're just too high for me. And if you want to buy either one of them in Dynasty, they're way too expensive for me. So uh, you know, that it's just, it's just a tough call. Again, I think this offense is gonna be solid. Um, uh, but I think they they're again, they're gonna to want to play defense, they're gonna to want to run the ball, and I just I don't see this team being crazy, crazy explosive on offense. I just don't. I think they're going to be good. I think the Niners are a really good team. I think they're one of my favorites in the NFC, like they are most people's. But uh, but I just don't see you just getting tons of production out of anyone that isn't CMC on this offense. I'll never have Debo and never have Brandon Ayuk. It's just one of those things I will never do. They're, it's too high for my for what they go, what they're going to produce on the field. So yeah, I 100% get it. Uh, Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin, my favorite, one of my favorites anyway in the in the league. Mike Evans, super underrated right now. Uh, I 
I just feel like he forgot it's had this many thousand yard seasons in a row for him to be getting kind of dismissed uh, down the side, you know, pushed off to the wayside for uh, whatever, whatever reason, I'm not sure. But, and then Devin Tompkins, Trey Palmer, uh, I love Trey Palmer, Rakeem Jarrett. Uh, Nate, tell me about this Tampa Bay team. I mean, you you know the reason why everybody's down is they're concerned of Baker Mayfield going from Brady to Mayfield or Trask. Mayfield's look good in spring, I would say, or preseason, I guess I should say it. Mike Evans' hate has gotten to a point now where I am finding myself pretty uh, heavy with Evans. I get, just took him at the beginning of the ninth round as my wide receiver four in a, in a team at the one-two spot in the primetime on NFC. So it's it was Jefferson Waddle and Evans is my four. It's it's crazy. I like Godwin like you do as well. I think Godwin is just – I think those two both will surprise people. I don't want to do the comparisons to DK and Tyler Lockett last year with Geno. That's kind of overplayed. But I think that there's a, a narrative that does make sense that both of them are values by season's end. JT, I saw you shaking your head when he said about Mike Evans talking about you. I just I can't believe how far he's dropping. It's just it's like it's like the guy's not dead. I mean, it's 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 crazy to me that he is dropping as far as I've been taking him everywhere. Same way I'm like, I don't expect to take him. I'm like just sitting there in my drafts, and all of a sudden I'm like, eighth, ninth round, Mike Evans is still there. I yeah, you're forcing me to take him. I mean, especially as you're like third or fourth wide receiver. It's, it's, it, I mean, you know, you're going to get good weeks out of them. Again, these teams, even if the quarterback is bad, they still have to throw the ball. Tampa Bay is going to be losing games. Mm-hmm. They're going to be behind a ton. Even if ba- Baker Mayfield sucks, Mike Evans is still going to get some catches. He has to. He has to. I mean, it's not like Baker's never going to complete a pass. Right, I mean, exactly. it's so, it's, so it's, it's just, it's, I, I think people are just overblowing it. I mean, Brady threw a million times on that team last year. He had to. You know Baker's going to throw a bunch. Yeah, that's uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, so Nate, mm-hmm. Tennessee, I, I I love this. I love Hopkins and Brooks this year. I, I loved Ryan Tannehill this year. I guess is kind of what, what I'm trying to allude to. I guess sure. as far as that goes, I think the play action game is where was where Ryan Tannehill just exceeds expectations here. And I think he's going to have all of his ducks in line. Brooks was hurt early in preseason. He's back on the field now. I completely destroyed a fantasy football team that I was in because I made some trades, get quarterbacks. And when I heard Brooks went down with a knee, I'm like, this is it. I just went nuts. I traded away all my good players for picks in the future. And now Brooks is back in the field and I'm kicking myself in the ass for destroying my team, but it is what it is. Uh, so, but tell me about this team that the underrated time Ryan Tannehill will make relevant with Hopkins, Brooks and Kyle Phillips. I am actually Ryan Tannehill uh, fan as well. Uh, he has been my, especially before the DeAndre Hopkins news, because it was more of the uh, the Chig and Traylon Burks, and, and that was about it. That I thought he made a viable case to be a wide, you know, third to fourth quarterback in a super flex league. And then when they bring in DeAndre Hopkins, that means they're you know all systems go for Tannehill. I, I'm I'm a fan of D Hop. I know that he's – I think he's a significant value right now. I have kind of went out on Traylon as a result. I didn't think there was enough firepower to uh, support two. But where Traylon Burks has fallen now, which is like at pick 110 to 125, uh, I'm I'm more than happy to trust in someone that they're comfortable enough to trade A.J. Brown away for. Right. That, that says a lot for team trust or concept. JT, the commanders – 
Terry McLaurin. I'd better have Jahan Dotson on his team and over or over Terry McLaurin. I might be in a minority there, but it is what it is. Curtis Samuels is a good, pretty good contributor, also. Yami Brown, everybody's fan fan favorite a couple years ago. Now is kind of washed away side. Byron Pringle, Dax Milne. Uh, who would you rather have, Terry McLaurin or Johan Dotson, and uh, redraft in dynasty? I have to tell you what, I'm buying both these guys everywhere. I I don't know why. I am on the Sam Howell train hardcore. I've liked him all mm-hmm. along. I couldn't believe they weren't giving him a shot last year. I just couldn't believe it. Then they finally played in the last game. And they're like, oh, we think we're going to really look at him this offseason. I'm like, oh, really? Finally? You only had him on your team a whole year. But okay. <laughs> but I like Dotson a lot. I, I like McLaren, the, the McLaren toe injury hurts him for redraft leagues because you're just not quite sure you're going to get the full Terry for the first six weeks or so. But he's a guy I own everywhere. I just love Terry McLaren. The one thing I loved about Taylor Heineke, he just said, F it, I'm throwing to Terry McLaren every play. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. He forced it in. He didn't care if it was double, triple team. He's like, I'm getting him the ball, which was my favorite thing about him. Like, throw to your best player. Quit throwing to the fifth wide receiver because he's open on a two-yard dump off when you need seven. It drives me crazy. So that's one thing I like. That's my Taylor Heineke love for the day for that. But I like McLaren a lot. I still think he – He's got a lot to prove. I think Joe I. Dotson's is going to see – I think we're going to see a gigantic rise for him this year. He didn't get a ton of targets, but he was super efficient, had a bunch of touchdowns. Um, and with Noah McLaren, I just think we're going to see this offense be much, much better. I like both these guys. I try not to take guys on the same team all the time, but I found myself with both of them in a ton of leagues. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so we got – through three of the four sections in two hours and 11 minutes. That's uh, not, not quite as bad as <laughs> our worst show. I mean, Peter Howard was on here for four hours one time, so it's my favorite uh, story. But we're going to get through these tight ends real fast here, okay? So we'll start out with the Arizona Cardinals, Zach Ertz and Trey McBride. I'm a humongous Trey McBride fan. I think he's super underrated. Uh, Nate, Trey McBride or Zach Ertz on your A, on your redraft, and B, on your dynasty team? Um Redraft, if I have to settle for Trey McBride, I'm in trouble. Dynasty, I'm fine with that because I think that they're going to have probably the number one pick, which means rookie, which means rely on tight end early, and that seems to heavily favor Trey McBride. JT, are you worried about Kyle Pitts this year in Atlanta? Yeah, I, the value is, is dropping. And, I, again, I just don't trust Ritter, and I don't think they're going to throw the ball a ton. Um, I think Kyle Pitts has got talent. I just – he, I just don't see the top three upside everybody thinks he's going to give them. That's my problem. I've taken so him talk- a few spots when he's fallen way, way down, but in like redraft, but it's like I don't even really want him in redraft. And, and well, for the price, yeah, but in dynasty, are you, yeah. are, are you, you're, you're, you're going to wait till the quarterback change and, and, and enjoy the rest of Kyle Pitts and right off in the sunset. If, you, if you've already got Kyle Pitts, you draft him real high or you traded a ton to get him. So at this point, you got to mm-hmm. write it out. There is yeah. no, there's no way to, to get off him at this point. <laughs> You're stuck with him. You got Jadwick yeah, Smith and John Fitzpatrick on the team, and that's it. Uh, Nate, another kind of a 72-mile-an-hour fastball, batting practice fastball down the middle. Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, and Dalt, uh, Isaiah Likely on his team. It's, it's going to be the Andrews show no matter what. Likely, has, we've seen flash of Likely when Andrews was mm-hmm. out last year, when I right. ruined my fantasy, my, my Scott Fishbowl team. Uh, so uh, Andrews are likely – Andrews is still young. Andrews is good. Andrews is going to get tons of targets, as we've seen already. 
there's nothing really to say here as far as that goes. If Andrews is gone, do you trust Likely, though, I guess is the question. Is he good enough to be a solid contributor? Or is he just going to be – don't even roster him because he's going to be in the, in the mix like with everybody else? I mean, he's worth rostering, especially if, if he, you know, can wait super late at tight end. I took a 72-mile-an-hour fastball, and I did a little different. I took it to right field because I have Andrews out of that top elite tier with uh, – not that Kelsey was – Kelsey was by himself. But then it was Andrews, and then it was everybody else, and now it's Darren Waller in the two, and Andrews is down with. They got. I think the the mouths defeat in Baltimore got a little bit uh, more yeah. plentiful with Zay Flowers and the additions like that. Yeah, and the running game and Lamar Jackson running the ball. Yeah, I get it a hundred percent. I uh, I get it, man. So now we talk about a slot receiver for Buffalo here, JT. <laughs> Dalton Kincaid is he going to be what everybody makes him out to be? Because I think Dawson Knox is super underrated right now. I, I mean, you're getting Dawson Knox for nothing. I mean, people have just completely forgot he's on the team at this point. Uh, but he's going to be who he was. Like, he's not a high-volume guy. He's going to get some red zone targets and some touchdowns. Kincaid, I'm taking the shot on him, especially leagues that I have. Josh Allen, I took Kincaid in my rookie drafts. Um, just that I'm hoping that upside's there. Uh, redraft, he's going way too high for me. Um, I just – a rookie tight end we haven't seen anything out of. I'm just really nervous about that. Dynasty, I'm willing to ride it out and see where he ends up being. So I like I like the talent. I just don't know if we're going to see the return as quickly as people are hoping it's going to come. I just traded Dalton Kincaid and two second-round picks to get uh, Kyle Pitts, so I was super happy about that. That was uh, – I, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I saw that move. I thought that was a good move. I, I, I was down with that move. I make a lot of good moves. Thanks a lot. I appreciate your support. <laughs> uh, Carolina, Hayden Hurst. Uh, Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame, a great blocker, but not much of a fantasy option. Uh, his only touchdown has been on the ground on a, on a, on a pretty much on a reverse or a sweep. And Ian Thomas. So is Hayden Hurst, uh, Nate, Hayden Hurst, are you, are you going after Hayden Hurst in your fantasy dress? Going after, no. Do I think that there's narrative that, rookie quarterback trust big tight end option when uh over some of the receiving options sure but he's outside of my tight end too but i think that if you you know maybe in a tight end premium he starts to sneak up into a flex play here and there but for the most part probably not enough volume to support uh my love your love my love love. (laughs) all right bears jt cole Komet. Uh, didn't really prove much last year, even though he was probably the, only, probably the only option on the team. And they brought in Robert Tunyon to be like a blocker and a goal line guy. Are you going to? Have, are you? What are you spending to get Cole Komet on your team? Do you have him anywhere? First of all, and second of all, are you trying to get him anywhere? I got a little bit of him, not a lot. If again, he's one of those guys in redraft. If you're just punting tight end and you're saying, "Hey, I'm just going to take whoever falls to me super late," then if I've got Justin Fields, I'm like, "Oh, I'll take him for the stack, possibly." Um, but I, he's not a guy I'm targeting in redraft. Uh, I think he's decent in Dynasty. Again, if I'm kind of the middle of the pack, he's just one of the same guys as uh, 10 other guys. So I don't think he's he's super high. I'm not super low on him. I think he's solid. There are so many middle-of-the-road tight ends, like Nate in in Cincinnati, Irv Smith, Drew Sample. uh, Just, uh, you know, Irv Smith, are you spending anything to get Irv Smith in your teams or just he's a dime a dozen guy like everybody else, right? I I like Irv Smith, the player. I have, but again, Cincinnati last year, I mean, 15% target share to the tight end, just not enough volume to go around when you have those three receivers and Joe Mixon. So I have to avoid, unfortunately. JT, I, I was in love with David Joku in the offseason, and then they brought in Elijah, Elijah Moore, and I was like, oh, 
it kind of killed. But is is David Njoku still got standalone value? I for me, he's going too high for what I think that offense is going to do passing the ball. I think they're going to want to run the rock as much as possible. Um, I'm not in on Njoku. I think he's fine. I just think he's going a little higher. There's some guys going lower than him that I'd rather just wait on personally. Nate Dallas, Jake Ferguson, Luke Schoenmacher, uh Peyton Hendershot. Uh, is are you uh, are you falling in love with Jake Ferguson here, or are you just waiting for in Dynasty trying to get Luke Schumacher for the the long run? What are you what are you doing with this? Just kind of avoiding the whole situation. And I flip flopped. I think I flip flopped so much that I should avoid because I had Schumacher uh, early on, then the foot injury, and then I pivoted to Jake Ferguson. Dallas had heavily targeted the tight end over the past years, but that was Kellen Moore. So maybe this new change they don't as much. I, at where he's going, Jake Ferguson still is someone that I have uh, – I grab whenever the time is right. JT, are you going with this bullshit that Adam Trotman's going to take all Greg Dulcich's uh, uh, t- touches away or his uh, targets away? For no, Denver? but again, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this pass offense. I, like I said, I like Dulcich. I think he's still going to be the guy. Um, I mean, my favorite Denver move was them trading Albert O to Philadelphia. I freaking cheered. I was like, finally – Finally, he's off the Broncos, and someone might actually use him properly. So I, that was my favorite Broncos tight end news. I'd rather have Albert O than almost all these guys, but I'd rather have Dolchich. Tra- We've seen Troutman. I, he was a guy you thought was going to be the guy a couple years ago for the Saints. They obviously Peyton likes him, but he's still that hasn't turned into him getting a bunch of shares or, or a bunch of targets or anything. So target shares. So I, I'm not on Troutman. Dolchich, I like. Okay, he depends on where you can get him. Yeah, uh, uh, Nate, Sam Laporta, I think he's got the best opportunity for any of the rookie tight ends, to be honest with you. So yeah. uh, Detroit, uh, Sam Laporta, Brock Wright, James Mitchell, that nobody's right. So what are, are you going at, like, what, where are you spending, like 11th, 10th, 12th, like redraft? First of all, redraft, obviously, you're going to have to – are you taking Laporta at his ADP around, like, 12, mid-12th round or – are you just kind of waiting like everybody else and just take him later if he falls to here? And in Dynasty, are you a Sam Laporta guy? I, I am in uh, the Dynasty for sure, Sam Laporta guy. I find myself taking him uh, if I wait on tight end. I end up grabbing two of, you know, Sam Laporta and Jake Ferguson. Sam mm-hmm. Laporta and maybe even a Tyler Higby boring play. But now with the Cooper Cup news, maybe he moves up a little bit. But Laporta playing with the ones, I think he's third on that team in, tar- in uh, receptions this year. I think it'll go Amon Ra, Jameer Gibbs, and then Sam Laporta. JT, in Green Bay, there's just too many miles to feed, I think, on his team. So Luke Musgrave is there. I, I think he's just another middle-of-the-road tight end. Are you spending any extra money to move up to, to get Luke Musgrave anywhere in, the, in your redraft leagues, first of all? I, uh, not in redraft. I, I'm, I'm avoiding him. I just I don't want to take any rookie tight ends in redraft outside of Laporta. Probably Laporta is the one guy I would I'd maybe take a shot on in redraft. Dynasty, I like Musgrave. I have him on a few teams because I had him on a bunch of C2C teams that I liked him in college. The biggest thing with him is he's never played a full season ever. I mean, the guy's been hurt his whole college career. He's got a ton of ability. I like him as a player. Um, but I'm just worried about that. I, you know, again, I want to see how they use them. I don't know how this offense is going to run. So I, I want to see that first. Uh, Tucker Craft, I, he's a guy that in rookie drafts I was absolutely taking late because he was just dropping to me in the very last pick or the final round. So I was like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll stash him in tight end premium leagues. Uh, so I did that. But I'm in Dynasty, I'm taking those guys and, and, and stashing them on a taxi squad. But I, I do not want to be going into the year 
planning on having to play Luke Musgrave. We're talking about all these big names, and you could just sit back, Nate, and take Dalton Schultz yep. in Houston, who's going to get a thousand targets from his uh, rookie wide rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going after him and letting him fall in my lap in like the eleventh, sometimes twelfth round. Uh, tell me about Dalton Schultz and the rest of this Houston, Brevin Jordan, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, Dalton Schultz is my most uh, heavily rostered tight end by far. Uh, we were over the, at the Expo during the Kings Classic draft. I, after intermission of my draft, I met up with uh, Colby Conway in his, and they were talking. And then after the draft, I found out he took Dalton Schultz as his as a tight end four, I believe, or tight end five overall, ahead of names like Dallas Goddard and, and the four, you know, many of the others we've already talked about. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a very clear path to him being number one in, in total targets. And I love Nico, so that says a lot about Dalton Schultz. JT, the Colts fell right in your lap. Molly Cox, Kyle Granson, Will Mallory, uh, uh, Drew Ogletree. Like, what's going to happen with this offense here? Because I I, I feel like – well, you tell me. You're the you're the resident uh, Indianapolis. Kyle Granson is, is probably someone everybody likes. Jelani Woods. Uh, tell me about this team. Real quick, I totally agree with you guys on Dalton Schultz. I'm out on the wide receiver crew. I'm totally in on Dalton Schultz. He's a guy I absolutely want for Houston. I'm taking him everywhere. So I agree with you guys there. Uh, Colts, I like Jelani Woods a ton. He's injured. They put him on IR out at least four weeks. So that's going to kind of hurt his growth as he was kind of one of those guys I thought was going to get some pretty good targets uh, near the red zone. I really think this helps Tyler Granson. I they they've mm-hmm. liked him ever since he's been there. They've kept him around. He's really gonna work as more of a slot for them, a big slot when they go double tight end. Mo Allen Cox at this point is a blocker. Like he's gonna give you zero fantasy production at all. I mean, he just, I mean at all. I mean, I'll be shocked if he catches 20 balls this year. Um but I like Grants a lot. I think they like him a lot. And the deep, deep sleeper, if you're in like a tight end premium, big tight end premium or a t- uh, like a two tight end league, Ogletree, they loved him last year in camp. Yeah. Absolutely loved him. He ended up hurting his knee, missed the whole year, uh, but they're still talking him up in camp. And, I, I, I mean, I can see Mo Alley Cox getting moved out of here pretty quick, honestly. They got all these other tight ends. I think they're just kind of holding on to them for now, but I just don't see him being relevant. Woods, I'm stashing if I can because uh, I do like him. Uh, but I like Kylan Grants, and I went, and, again, waiver-wired him like crazy in leagues this week. And Ogletree the same way. I grabbed him in a tum. If you got taxi squad, stash them on your taxi. Uh, redraft, mm, I don't think I'm taking any of them. Maybe Granson, maybe. Uh, but in Dynasty, I like them both because I think you're going to get some play out of them. And again, who knows where we're going to go with AR. There's a chance that he ends up dumping it to Granson uh, a lot if everybody's all over Pittman and Pierce is running deep routes. There's a chance that's like Granson, Granson, Granson. So, and I know they like him, and I think the guy's got skills, so I'm on him. I don't know how you go from offensive, co- offensive coordinator to head coach, offensive coordinator, head coach, change so many hats on this team and still have 17 tight ends every year on the team. I, I don't I don't understand the, the cult philosophy with like just hoarding tight ends every year. I, 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 when is that going to change? When- I think, well, I think they want to play a ton of two tight end sets. I really do. So I think they want to have three or four on the roster because I think their plan is to really run a ton of two tight end sets. And I really think – once Mo Alley's gone, I think they really want to run a lot of Woods and Kylan Granson together. 
is what I think the plan is. And I think they just like Ogletree's athleticism and, and the different things he can do. So I think when it shakes out, it's going to be them three. And then we're going to have to figure out which is the guy they prefer and who's really in on the passing downs and getting the target shares. I think Woods is definitely going to be the red zone guy. Uh, I think Granson has the highest upside as far as like getting volume catches. Uh, and I think Ogletree is the wild card. Uh, Nate. <coughs> Is Evan Ingram going to be tight end, like tight end three this year, tight end four this year, somewhere around that area? That's I, I have him outside of that, but I think that there's a, a, a clear path. The route involvement on that team is high. Doug Peterson likes the using the court, the tight end in, in his offense, and I mean he's he's on one of the best offenses, you know, for fantasy for sure. But if Calvin Ridley takes that next step, like a lot of people envision, I don't see a way that him, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram all are in that where they're, you know, going currently, especially if you have Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby both contributing. So Evan Ingram, I have, I'm lower than consensus, but I would have no problem if he ended up on my teams because I just waited and it was him or David Njoku, uh, Cole Komet, you know, that white tight end eight through 14. Yeah. I'll take Ingram there. JT, if something was to happen to Travis Kelsey, could Noah Gray or Blake Bell, like even, hold this jack strap or is it just going to transit this this whole team is going to transition to a, a whole new offense no it's i mean it's Kel, kelsey's the, the, the man i mean kelsey does stuff that everybody else can't do that's why he's kelsey i mean uh no those guys are not worth rostering i mean even if kelsey went out it's not like they've got the whole offense set up for a tight end it's set up for travis kelsey so yeah. i i don't think it makes i think it's like Eagles with Goddard when he got hurt last year, but he went and picked up all the backups and they were like, Oh, these guys don't do anything but block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. I think it's the same situation for the Chiefs. I even if he got hurt, I wouldn't pick probably pick those guys up and play him. Yeah. Uh tell me if I uh oh tell me if I made a mistake here. I traded away uh a couple weeks ago. I, I traded away Jalen Warren to get um to get uh, Gerald Everett on my team. And I'm not sure if that was a good idea or not. I had a lot of good running backs. I needed some tight ends. But is Gerald Everett going to pan out, Nate, like on this team? Or is it, what do you think about that? I mean, it's hard to say pan out when you're approaching 30. You know, at that point, the, the phrasing of panning out seems to, to get lost. But what you're actually saying is, will you get, you know, better value at the tight end position than when Jalen Warren could ever have provided you with the running back position? Um, you heard my story and my take on Jalen Warren. I, I'm higher on Jalen Warren than others, but I, I get the case, man. There's there's a, a really good chance that he will have, he being Justin Herbert, a week without Keenan Allen, without Mike Williams, and he will, with his Kellen Moore offense, pass the ball to Gerald Everett. I think Everett has a, a better case than most to be a top 12 tight end. Uh, that's banking on unfortunate health situation by the others around, which is something I'm a little worried to do. Yeah, no, that's uh, uh, yeah, it was a great trade. It was a great trade. Don't ever sell yourself short. Uh, you I, never I think it's good. I do think it was a good trade. I thank you very much. I, I try to make good trades, they blow up my face all the time, but it is what it is. I'm here to support. Uh, thanks, the JT Rams, Tyler Higby, and that's it, right. Dude, I actually am on on Tyler Higby because, again, mm-hmm. I think their wide receiver core is terrible. I think it's Cup and Higby. I think Higby easily is their number two. I mean, by far and away, they're number two. And without Cup, if he ends up getting knocked around, I you know, 
I love Higby. I've been taking Higby everywhere. I mean, everywhere, especially in redraft. He is so cheap in redraft right now. People are kind of ignoring him. Um, I, I love him in redrafts. And again, tight end premium leagues. If somebody's willing to give him up or you can get him for a decent price, I love it just because I think they got nothing else and this team is going to be playing from behind. Yes. Uh, so then we go to the Rams. We got My- Michael Mayer. Austin Hooper, Jasper Horsted is the old bear. Jasper Horsted, Michael Mayer is, is Michael Mayer going to really make a dent in this offense, or is it just pretty much revolve around uh, the main guy? I would I I like Michael Mayer the player. I don't know if there's going to be uh, a spot for him yet in Dynasty. I think I can make a case that give him some time and he'll you know he will pan out. I believe talent wise, but just not this year. Nobody in Miami to talk about. They have Durant Smythe, who's going to be a blocking tight end. That's pretty much it. So, JT will go to uh, the Minnesota Vikings. TJ Hawkinson just got signed a big contract. Got Josh Oliver and Johnny Munt. Again, it's TJ Hawkinson, right? There's nothing else to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, it's Hawk, and then it just depends on how much you want him. Right? He's, just, he's just going pretty high. And there's just, for me, a lot of guys I'd rather have at way cheaper value than him. Not that I don't like Hawk. And I and believe me, I took him some places. I definitely do have him. Um, it just depends on how much you have to spend for him and get him. Um, redraft, he's going way too high for me, um, unless it's like a, a two tight end league or something, or a huge premium, like a 175 or two, 2.0 premium. But yeah, I, I mean, I, Hawk's going to be in the mix, man. He, they, he, they used him a ton last year. And like I said earlier, I think this team's going to throw the ball a ton. Yes. There's, you have to get TJ Haggins, and I think he's in. The, he's also one of those re- revolving like top like three, four, five uh, tight ends that are the only useful guys on the end of the league, pretty much for that matter. He should be top five. There's no reason for him not to be top five yeah. on this offense. Patriots. I I just don't think the volumes around here. We got Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, who man, I don't I don't know what the hell happened with the Gesicki uh, train here, but uh, mm-hmm. is uh, is Hunter Henry or Mike Gesicki there? Are they even going to be parts of this offense? I mean, I think they're. I think they'll be parts of the offense, but I don't think it's significant enough to invest anything in. It's just going to be eaten from each other. Um, hell, there's a case that Matt Sokol comes in because he's a really good blocking tight end, and one of those other two's off the field. So I don't want to play that game. No, not at all. Uh, I'm praying that these guys do something. I I had a lot of Gasecki, and with the wide receiver core, I'm hoping that they lean heavier on these guys. But yeah, at this point, you are literally. It's a Hail Mary flyer. You're my just biggest hoping, hoping and praying. My biggest fear is that Kaseki was on a one year contract here. He's only here for a year. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this is cool. He'll get a chance to go somewhere else after a year, you know, learn how to block maybe in, in New England. Mm-hmm. But there's such a good tight end class coming up in the NFL now that I think Kaseki, he may have lost the window to prove himself now. So, uh, all right. So, New Orleans, Juwan Johnson, Taysom Hill, Foster Moreau, Nate, what do you think about that? I like Juwan Johnson. I, I don't know if I don't have to worry about the uh, Taysom Hill love. I don't think really yeah. block, getting into into you know in the way of anything. But I, I had high hopes for Foster Moreau when Darren Waller was hurt, and that didn't pan out. I, Jimmy Graham's is, is he actually still? Did they cut him finally? Because well, because he had the mental mental thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I no. shouldn't bring that up and make fun. I'm not making fun of him. That's not my intent. It is what it is. He's gone, so yeah, it's it is. That's what it's all about. The fantasy points. So, 
Uh, JT, Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger, who I'm, I have stashed on my on my dynasty teams now because I think he's going to learn a lot behind Darren Waller. But Darren Waller is a top two, three tight end also, right? Yeah, if Waller's healthy, I mean, you got to assume he's going to be the guy for the Giants with their kind of issues at wide receiver. A uh, question for him is, again, he's been banged up for season after season lately. Um, I love Bellinger. I love Bellinger yes. coming out of San Diego State. Everybody knows I'm an Aztecs guy, too. So I loved him coming out. Um, he is bulked up this offseason. Man, he looks good. He looked good in preseason. So I still think Bellinger's a good stash, even with Waller in Dynasty, because I think they're going to play him. I think they're going to play both guys because I think they like them both. And, you know, is he going to get volume and be playable in fantasy this year? Probably not. Uh, but I'm still stashing him because if Waller gets hurt or anything happens, Bellinger right back in. And he was a nice red zone target last year. Mate, <clears throat> sorry, Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzama. I mean, just normal guys, right? Yeah, for me. Uh, Conklin has a little bit of steam just because there's not too many receivers outside of Garrett Wilson to target, in my opinion, at least. And he might get some look, but I don't, I, I'm not really investing. JT, how much money are you throwing at uh, Dallas Goddard here? What, what do you what do you got invested in Dallas Goddard? I like Goddard. I mean, obviously everybody talks about like, hey, is there too many mouths to feed? Who are they going to go to? I like Goddard. When he's been on the field and healthy, he's been really good for the Eagles. So I like him. Obviously, I brought it up earlier. Albert O going mm-hmm. to the Eagles is like one of my favorite things ever. I mean, this guy, I just can't figure – I mean, I don't know if he just – did something to piss somebody off in Denver, but they just never liked him and didn't want to play him. He was an absolute beast at Missouri. Guy 6'4", 260, runs a 4'4", I mean, the guy was a touchdown machine at Mizzou. I just couldn't believe he couldn't get a shot. I love this look. I think they're going to play a decent amount of two tight end sets, honestly, with both of these guys, with Goddard and him, and then with A.J., and uh, on the outside with, with Devontae, so I can see them playing a lot more uh, uh, two tight end sets. Again, is he going to be playable on a week-to-week basis? Probably not. Is he a best ball guy? Maybe. We'll see. I'm just excited for the real life to see somebody hopefully use them correctly. Yes. Um, so I'm just excited for that side of things. Um, on that side. But I like Goddard. I'm in on Goddard. Uh, his price has gone down a little bit um, over what it was last year, so I'm definitely grabbing him. Probably in those uh, those middle rounds, if I if if he falls just far enough, and I'm like I don't love a wideout that's sitting there, I'm grabbing Goddard. But I like yeah. him in, in dynasty as well. A pretty crowded offense, uh, Nate for in the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got Pat Fryer moved to worry about here. Also, great tight end. Probably like what number seven for you? Where where do you have uh, Pat Fryer with that? Yeah, that's about exactly where I have him. I have him at eight. I have him uh, in that range. But then again, I also know that if I'm even looking at Pat Fryermuth, I can wait another round or two and get Dalton Schultz. So yes. I don't. Right. Uh, JT Seattle, Noah, fantastic. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of hype about this guy. He didn't really pan out. Now he's stuck in Seattle where uh, Gino's probably not going to pellet him a lot. What do you think about Noah Fant? Yeah, Noah Fant. I like Noah Fant, but again, they just haven't really given the, the tight ends much love. Um, so I've got him on a few teams. Every week that I start him, I'm like, oh, I hope he gives me something. So I, I like him as a player. I just don't know what he's going to do fantasy-wise. And I got to throw my two cents on Booth. Booth is my absolute favorite tight end by. I think he's going to be Kenny's favorite 
guy to throw to. I, his stats, six, uh, six over 60 catches, 700 yards his first two years. If you match him with TJ Hawkinson, he's got better stats than Hawkinson has had over the same amount of time. He's going higher than he has been, but I love him. I've been targeting him in every draft. It, it's been Goddard if I go a little early. Muth, if I wait a little while, and if I definitely am waiting and someone steals Muth from me, I'm going Schultz. That's kind of been my 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 categories of where I'm taking those guys. But I think Muth for the price and where you're paying for some of these other guys, I'd much rather almost pay what I can get Muth for as opposed to TJ Hawkinson. But like you said, if I can get Schultz a little later, I might even do that. But uh, yeah. I love Muth this year. I I have Muth on so many teams, it's unbelievable. I think I think he definitely has that 60, 70 catch. And if he gets the touchdowns up again, he only had two last year. If mm-hmm. he gets the touchdowns up to seven or eight like he did as a rookie, I mean, I'll, I'll take 70 catches, seven, 800 yards, and seven, eight touchdowns for sure. Nate, San Francisco, George Kittle, is the, the kind of uh, – is the end of the train already docked or is there still some life left in George Kittle to put on your fantasy team? He's my biggest fade of any position. I have him below – the names that we just talked about, Pat Fryermuth, Dalton Schultz. Um, I have him below uh, David Njoku right now, just because, I, I mean, it is the tight end the, or the touchdown dependency that he had last year was ridiculous. And, and that all came really in like a five-game bunch when they didn't have Debo, and it was, it was unattainable, unsustainable. And I think that the same thing, goes into this year he's a better football player than all those guys as far as all-around aspect but yeah i i have serious reservations about george kittle this year nate then jt george kittle i got a quick trade can i i want a quick trade i want to ask you about since you just faded kittle i'm in a two tight end premium league i got offered noah fan in a 2024 first for kittle it's been sitting there i've been debating Uh it because i kind of think i need to take it what mm-hmm. would you do in that? It's a start two tight end, um, but it's man. a 2024 first in the back for Kittle. I've I've been looking at it for like yeah. two weeks. Usually, I hate to let trades sit out there, but I just I haven't been able to pull the trigger. I just would don't, you take I, that trade? Who's your tight ends? Oh, I gotta let me gotta look at this team real quick. But yeah, it's a, it's it's one of those I've been looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, and I'm like, man, I feel like I should. Take that trade. I've Muth are my starters right now. Oh, see, then I I think I'm doing that person yeah. myself just because Conklin is a backup. He's my best backup. Oh, I, and I do have Mayer, so I have those four right now, and I can get a yeah. 2024 first for Kittle. I'm taking and the first. I am too because the that, the tight end premiums for me, as much as that's great, is you know it it affects all tight ends. So all tight ends take a little bit of a of a bump, and him being touchdown dependent. It for me, it's not really the bump that the others get because the the receptions, eh, I think they'll be there. The t- the target percentage will be there, but really, it's that eleven touchdown season over the six that he had maxed out prior. So, congratulations, you just got yourself a first round. I hope it pans out. I'll, we will remember this moment. If yes. uh, I, I, I'm literally on my phone hitting accept right now, <laughs> yeah. right. and I'm like, I'm accepting it right now because I've been waiting yeah. to talk to somebody about somebody talk me into it. Oh, and so man. I was like, I feel like I should take it, but I want somebody to talk me off a of kittle and into the first round pick. I want to see that turn into like the first or second overall pick in uh, next year's draft, that. and and you get I, I don't do Debbie, so you would be you would know who those guys would be much better than I would. 
What if you got? Oh, what yeah, if? Dude. What if you end up getting like Caleb Williams out of that pick? Because you just oh, dude. Like, dude, if I got Marvin Harrison Jr. I'd oh yeah, there you go. That's exactly <laughs> right. In my mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk again in twenty four in three hundred sixty four days. There yeah, you exactly. go. There you go. All right, Nate, Tampa Bay, K. Dotton. Uh, you know, I, you know, it is yeah. uh, co-calf uh, pain Durham. It is what it is. Not much to talk yep. about here. They don't really throw nope. the tight end too much, right? Nope. Gross. Nope. Uh, Chig. JT Chig was a, a, a man, a, a Twitter darling all offseason. And then mm-hmm. they uh then they they acquired um DeAndre Hopkins and that he's kind of died, but he's still gonna be a solid producer. But where does he stand on your rankings here for uh the, the tight ends? Yeah, I like Chig. He, he's kind of in the middle with a lot of those second year guys. I like a lot of them. I think they all have a high upside. Um and redrafts. Am I taking him? Uh yeah, if it's late, if I can get him late and I and I'm you know, and I'm gonna can pick up another guy off the waiver. I take somebody else. Uh, Dynasty, I like the upside of him. I do. I know they like the other rookie uh, out of Cincinnati. It wasn't why am I blanking? Josh Weil. Yeah. They they like him too. Uh, he had a really rough preseason game where he had a fumble and a pick that hit right off his helmet and stuff. There, but I've been hearing good things about what they like about him. So there's nothing else out there to really fight Chig on it. You know, you're looking at Hopkins and, and Burks. They're not going to throw the ball a ton. Um, but I think he's, he's worth a shot. Um, I definitely think if you're in a best ball league, he, he makes sense because he's probably going to have some big games. Um, but is he going to be consistent? I would assume not. Uh, but I do like him in dynasty. I think he's got a lot of talent. Nate, you're finishing us off here. Okay. The big, that this is probably the biggest, uh, tight end controversy with the Washington commanders here. Mm-hmm. Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, John Bates, uh, those, and Amari Rogers on the team too, but, uh, those three guys, they seem interchangeable, even though Logan Thomas seems to have the uh, upper hand on the targets here in the in fantasy points. I just feel like John Bates is a kind of a sleeper, and Cole Turner is also someone that's on that's on my radar also. Who am I taking here? I've been taking Cole Turner. A lot of the you know the rumors out of camp and talk out of camp was that he's the guy that's really able to take that next step. I think it's going to be Logan Thomas probably to our dismay until he gets hurt, and then it'd be Cole Turner. But Cole Turner, I think, is the one that if you had to take one that could deliver the most upside, he, he's my pick. You gentlemen, we're supposed to be a 45-minute to an hour show. We are two minutes and two hours and 44 <laughs> minutes, and JT didn't sleep for the last, like, 72 hours. I don't know how you did no, it, guys. But to work. My I girlfriend's get... like, are you coming to work? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm on the podcast still. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. This is supposed, you know, right. Good thing I'm with the boss. That's all right. I think everybody says, like, you know, they have intentions of having a half-hour, 45-minute show. You start talking about stuff, and – you know, I knew it would be a little bit tough to get through this, but I didn't had no idea it was going to be two hours and 44 minutes. So, you know, any of those crazy people who are doing road trips this weekend and you got a four-hour <laughs> car drive, you know, on the way to Michigan or Indiana when the, when the wife and kids fall asleep, here you go, you know, or if your husband falls asleep and you're in a car, like, hey, man, you got something to listen to. So, uh, Nate. Thank you very much. Last minute, it was not 9.30 at night show. It was a 9.30 in the morning show. We do these once in a while because me and JT have messed up schedules. But thank you so much for joining us this today. Thanks for the, you know, thanks for being awesome. Thanks for all the the, uh, the advice. Yeah. Uh, chiming in. Once again, on your, you know, thanks for being here. Uh, tell me about yourself a little bit and where we can find you and all that kind of stuff and what you do in the fans football community that makes somebody want to follow you. Well, I I hopefully I have a, a, a you know, a jack of all trades, a master of none type approach from, from IDP to, you know, redraft dynasty, best ball, you know, fantasy and frames does it all, but I try to be proficient and just enough, but I love the game of football. So it's an incorporation of football into fantasy instead of 
fantasy into how it should parlay into football. And I hope that provides knowledgeable takes, not just hot takes the entire time. And, you know, we, we make, we make trades happen like this. That, that's going to be your excuse, JT, is that if it's uh, if it's bad, it's you didn't have any sleep, it. fucking Nate, and no sleep. So <laughs> the two ends, and that's perfect. And I'll be a scapegoat. And, of course, uh, John, I, you know, you can always hit me up, and I'll always jump on with you. It's, I, I'm off work this weekend, so this is the best way to spend two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, Shoot the Gap is tonight, our IDP podcast at 8 o'clock Central p.m., and, uh, and then every Sunday morning, we'll have our pregame show over on our YouTube page, Fantasy Frames, which is another one of these two-hour, 45-minute marathons where we talk about every game, both offense and IDP. Thank you very much, JT. You're, this, this IDP words keep going in my ear, and I hate to hear them, but go, go ahead. I know. It's, like, it's so good to have somebody else to talk to. So he, he, he basically will not let me talk IDP on the show. <laughs> so if you do want to hear some IDP talk, you know, listen to Nate's show or the Stew with JT Brew. Uh, I host on Dynasty Pros football channel on YouTube. Uh, we talk IDP. We talk a little bit of everything. Uh, gambling shows out. Season's underway. I've got uh, my preseason prop bets and season-long bets going out there. Uh, we'll put out content every week, uh, kind of giving you an idea what I like on there. IDP coverage, DLF, my rankings, IDP, I'll have a, uh, an updated article throughout the year. Also writing a weekly article for Fantrax on IDP, so check me out there. And then John lets me come hang out with him on this commission show. And then also on Dynasty Pros, I do the Debbie show over there. So we do that show on usually Mondays or Tuesdays, depending on what's going on. Uh, but we talk all the Debbie things you want to hear about, who's coming up, and and all the college stuff as well. So thanks for having me on, John. You got me out of work this morning, though. I had an excuse not to go in. So mm-hmm. I've gotten, I've done redraft, I've done Dynasty. Now I've gotten into Debbie, and I feel like I'm I'm this close. I'm at the end of the diving board. I'm almost ready to go into the IDP pool here. So you guys. I'm hanging around a lot of smart people like you, listening to your podcast. They all come across my feed. So I think you guys may have the, the hooks out there. There's some pretty nice bait looking on there. I mean, it, it's it's, a, it's inevitable it's going to happen. But I got some really good guys in my corner when it does happen. So, guys, thank you very much for being you, on I here. got you into hockey, baby. You're into hockey now. You're in my mm-hmm. hockey league on fan tracks. Next year, we're we're in a Debbie league right now, C2C league. So next year, IDP, it's going to be all you. You're going to be in. I'll be in there. I'll be in there. It'll take me a couple of years to get ready for it all, but I love defense. So I can't oh, wait well. to, you know, I love defensive players. I've always been a defensive guy. I watched growing up the 85 bears and watching the Ravens in 2000. And, you know, I love defensive players, Ed Reed and, you know, Wilbur Marshall and these guys across the board. Oh, I watched up, uh, grew up Ronnie Lotts and all these awesome players. I watch. I can't wait to root for defensive players on my fantasy football team too. So I'll well, be John, there. Let me pose one last thing before you leave. Knowing IDP, you're watching the final game on Monday night. You have one of two options to happen to end the evening. Would you rather watch your running back run it in from the one yard line as time expired in in the you know for your game as you will, but put you over the top and you win, or would you rather watch your uh, outside linebacker defensive end blitz, rush the passer, get the sack and strip, and secure the game that way? Wouldn't a sack be much more fun to win off of? Uh, 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 like a blindside cornerback safety blitz, something like that, or an outside linebacker blitz coming from, the, you know, like some kind of a, uh, let's just say like 
they do some kind of a uh, um, a twist or some kind of yeah, absolutely. There you go. And it just, just yeah. nails the quarterback right in the right between the back shoulders, fumbles the ball. Somebody picks it up, runs it in. Yeah, it's better than it's much better than being just a team defense because I can't stand team defenses. If I was able to pick players and root for defenses, I mean, yeah, it's the, the, the it's there. You know, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm this close to doing IDP. You guys almost got me, and these talks now just keep getting me closer and closer to the fly. I'm not like the moth going towards the light. You know, like it's, it's going to happen. You know, so. But you guys, I'm John McGlynn. You can find me on Twitter. I'm, I'm the Des Bryant machine at uh, John McGlynn seventy five. And thank you for anybody who stayed through this awesome uh, marathon of a show. And uh, thanks for coming back. Commission evaluation will have all all season long content, waiver wire injuries. Uh, tons of guys on here, tons of awesome, smart people like two guys I have on today who hopefully will come back one time, even though I kept them here for three hours on uh, today's show. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be doing all in-season content, waiver wire injuries, all that kind of stuff. So thank you very much for joining and being part of the Commissioner Evaluation Show. McGlynn is in. I repeat, McGlynn is in. Let the fun begin. This is the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with your host, John McGlynn. Is that Herms? He got them guests on the Rolodex, stopping by to talk about some Dynasty Superflex. Everybody, yo, commission's in. It's time to sit down to listen to John McGlynn. Yo, who we trading, who we fading, who we getting off the squad. Knowledge never overrated, playing for number one. And hey, yo, McGlynn is in. It's time to let the fun begin. It's the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with John McGlynn. <laughs>